0: Hello and welcome to Move the Line presented by 444.com. Ryan Unit. joining me as always, good friends, fellow 444.com writer, Connor Allen. What's going on, bud?
1: Not much, man. I'm I'm excited for this show. Uh, we're bringing on uh, Whale Capper, Drew Dinsick, and Andy Molitor, um, both of the Deep Dive podcast. You know, this is a little combo pod here. Uh, I mean, we're pumped to bring these two guys on and I think this is going to be an awesome show, bringing a few different perspectives. And I mean, we'll try to keep it under five hours, but uh, no guarantees.
0: <laughs> well, we always talk about our wish list, and Connor and I are kind of, you know, we had a few things early hammered out, and then we were getting down to it. And it's like, all right, well, we want to have Andy. We've never had Andy on. So we're going to have Andy on this year. we got to have Drew on again because he's been a personal favorite of ours, and oh. those shows always do super well. So it's like, all right, well, why don't we just have. Both of them on together. We'll probably have a four hour episode, but it'll be a van fucking fantastic time and there'll be lots of actionable nuggets dropped throughout the show. So Andy, Drew,
2: welcome back. Thank you guys hey, for having
3: thanks. us. yeah, risk, risk it for a Biscuit. This guy, he's I've seen him on the halftime scope. So I don't know. Do you, do you get some do you get some regulars in your streams?
0: Maybe with you guys. We don't I typically don't even look. I know Connor does the most comment, of the The comments uh, are
3: the best. Like, yeah, that's what I love about like shout out I don't know for free I guess shout out Streamyard because this is a nice it's a nice way where we can get the comments on the side and see what people are saying on these streams yeah. but, I yeah, try and I put people's
1: comments up episodes. if they're like uh, you know if it's like relevant to like what we're saying or you know someone's like coming in with you know a nice comment here and there but um, you know we our episodes already go long as it is so I try and keep anything <laughs> like off you know like off the radar here because I know yeah. we'll go off on like a 20 minute tangent about something totally random yeah, uh, I mean it's really easy to do that, especially in these longer episodes. You don't have to so. tell us.
3: Well, it's great to <laughs> catch up with you guys. Like two hours long.
2: Yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks for having us. How, how's uh, how's NFL twenty twenty treating you guys so far? Been a fun season. Oh, so yeah.
0: far, so good. Yeah, I mean, last week was pretty good personally. I, um, I think I went five and two on sides, four and one on totals, but I nice. gave it almost <laughs> all back in props. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, so <laughs> props are fickle. I, I got hammered yeah. with by a half yard on Hollywood Brown on a two yard oh, play. Geez. 57 and a half. He, he got, <laughs> and then uh, went very a stat heavy. adjustment on that. Yes. <laughs> yes. A stat adjustment that really was painful. I had a friend who tailed that and uh, he let me know that it went from 58 to 57. And then uh, Mostert on Sunday night, I uh, loved. And he, I think it was 68 okay. and a half. He had 65 at the half. And. You know, yeah, he's out. didn't Injured. come back in. So. Oh, God. Brutal. That's how it is. That's how it is. Connor, how was your week, man? Good. I mean, it was like,
1: you know, nine and six in props. That's pretty much what I mostly focused on. Biggest bet of the week was the Steelers. I points bet that. So it was like, a, I think it was like a 28, oh 28X nice. return. Yeah. Something like that. Nice. Um, It was it was probably my biggest hit on points betting ever, which is awesome. You had to so. put a
0: mortgage payment down to make sure you oh. covered that
1: one. Oh, uh, I, well, no, that's the thing is, that's what I don't like is they make you like, they make you like post up, you know? So it's like, if oh, yeah, you put sure. like $10, you have to like withhold like 500 or something like that, or like $20 you have to withhold 500. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, I mean, you know, I, I do like half a unit of what I normally do. And just like, if I really like it, I mean, I'm willing to, to hold, withhold that money, but it, it pisses me off because I can't get down on more the rest of the week on points, but sure. unless yeah. I deposit more
2: money. So it makes more sense for the standalone games. You know? Oh, yep, yeah. exactly. It'll be resolved. It'll be it'll be resolved. You don't have mm-hmm. to. You don't have to tie a bankroll. I'm
3: gonna yeah. have to check if there is a points bet. What, what book did you do that at? If yeah, a, if it's
2: it's one. like it's technically called. It's like
1: uh, so it's points bet and it's legal only in like Illinois and. I think like two other states, yeah, definitely Jersey. I'm
3: gonna gonna have to check if Iowa has one because I yeah, they they might. We've we've done that some of this stuff on some offshores where they offer these alternate totals, and we've done that Mm -hmm. where you can bet like there was a game where it was like if it goes over eighty points, it was like you know sixty five to one. Yeah, Andy famously
2: uh, famously laddered the uh, AFC playoff game between the Texans and the Chiefs. (laughs) (laughs) It was that total was like fifty two, and I think you bet it up to eighty something, right? Yeah, I played yeah, it all, the way, yeah.
3: all the way all the way as far as they let me yeah once it got into the 70s you're cashing like 30 to one 35 to one and those <laughs> are fun like I love yeah. I love the idea behind it if you if you it's, really
0: have some conviction on a play it's available in Iowa so good news bad news Andy is uh it's there driving down tonight <laughs> yeah I just
1: good good luck it's like it's like betting options for like sports that's, that's literally cool. what it is like every you know every point over the market you win like that times your money and then every point under you lose that amount of money so it's yeah. like Steelers minus three is what I, I hit it at. So they won by whatever, like I think twenty or thirty-one, something like that. Mm-hmm. So you, yeah. So if they if they win by that much, then you win like twenty-eight or whatever times your return. Well, wow. and but if they lose by that, then you lose twenty-eight x whatever you put in. So, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, well. yeah. yeah, you're you're really gambling now. That's it's scary, but I'm here along the ride.
3: There's been this argument kind of in the space right now about the. Uh, you know, like, should the media be covering these, you know, whale bats? Sorry, Drew. Like, oh, these, big, these big bats. <laughs> he's people he's jumping like, into the wake
0: and take section. You, yeah, of this yeah, is actually you know, our, our wake and take the segment. And, oh, is yeah. it? No, well, people,
3: people say, like, should they be covering that? Because I don't actually find that interesting but I would find it more interesting to hear about people that do this because the, the risk, you know, the tail end risk or the tail end reward on these is much more interesting, I think, on, on points bets. If somebody gets mm-hmm. some wild, you know, wild result where the total, you know, they bet a total over 48 and, you know, the, you're in the third quarter and they're in the 60s already and it's just every t- – I'd love to watch that yeah. guy watch that game and every touchdown <laughs> is just
0: like, you know, another 1000 bucks for him. It's like a Ew, game show, yeah. man. Yeah, I know Connor got all heated and, you know, Ravel had tweeted something out a couple weeks ago and got ratioed pretty hard around his choice to continue to cover big bets that are made. And, um, you know, what are your thoughts, Drew? I mean, is that something that, you know, kind of is gambling entertainment at the end of the day, right?
2: Yeah, and I mean, I I don't have a problem with the big, with the whale bets, so to speak, the whale plays. Um, I think that, you know, promoting like the, lottery style parlays, that's it's pretty eh, that's that's not especially that's, responsible. That's, worse, that's not responsible are, gambling. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, and and you know but somebody who's got too much money making a bet that they you know they don't have an E V any EV on and winning or losing, that's not necessarily uh you know problematic gambling in my opinion. So I don't have a problem with them covering it. And in real and like Andy was saying like there's a there's a reality show in there somewhere. Like if you can get you know, if you have somebody at a book with the mic and a camera uh, and they just like are screening people who come through and a 10,000 or 20 or a $50,000 bet comes through they there and you're like, Hey man, like, you know, we'll give you free free bottle service if you come into this, you know little <laughs> well, yeah, studio they, they and watch a, the game. Have a and setup. you know, we'll, you have a yeah, in we'll hotel interact with you during this mm-hmm. game. And you know, it's going to be on this live broadcast. And you know, like I would watch that on a second screen if I didn't have action on a game. Like I would, oh yeah, I, I would even if I did have, you know, two screens. You I'd be like, yeah, I want to see what you know this guy watched him sweat this out. Um, that would be fantastically entertaining. I think that probably will manifest someday at some book, some enterprising. Any uh, enterprising, uh, you know, media company will will figure that out, but uh, that'll be fun.
0: It's better than the Jets Dolphins that we had last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Really I mean,
1: I, I don't, I don't really have like any like problem with the big bets either. It was just like so the way like Robel covered this, like you know, the cash out king, like that guy yeah, who right. won well, that yeah, like was massive million dollar yeah like yeah exactly he's a lunatic and they, they so they covered his original like three hundred thousand dollar win and like wrote up like a puff piece on him and then you know cash out king ended up turning that like fame into like a ponzi scheme where he's accepting like you know five thousand dollar bets post up only per like via bitcoin to his account and he built up apparently and he was like offering ridiculous lines it was like i bet the you know the heat are going to beat the lakers even money you know like he's just like taking like ridiculous action and then he gets like $500,000 of action on his account. And then, like, no shit, he can't pay it out. You know what I mean? Like, this guy's like a trust fund baby who lives in like the <laughs> suburbs of Chicago and like is literally just like punting away like money. And he also started like a fraudulent tout service where he's charging people like money. So oh, I geez. was like, so then when I, I, I added Ravel about it and I was like, yo, like, you know, like you got to just like take the piece down or like do something about it. But I mean, you guys like brought this guy to fame. Just say like he's not a good guy. Like, I mean, that's like all you got to say. And he was like, "No, we didn't write anymore about him, so our social responsibility is done. Like, we don't have to do anything anymore. Like, that was all we had to do." So I was just calling him out. He actually responded to me, which I thought was funny because he has two million followers and I have like nine thousand. So you know, <laughs> you know, he's letting you're, letting you like on, yeah, on his am. radar now. Yeah, I am.
3: And that that's the problem with a guy like Ravel, like. And granted, like, at one point, he was a journalist. Like I don't mm, want to take that away from point, him. Yeah. At one point, he was a journalist. Now he's a person who gets a PR email from a sports book who he likely has a piece of through some affiliate action. Yep. And yep. He, he takes the email. He, he copies and pastes it into a tweet. <laughs> changes a little, sends. it. I mean, that's what he does. That's that's oh, yeah. his job. And and God bless him, he has two million followers, and he's paying he's the bills privy, with it. He's, he's oh yeah, privy. To, yeah, he's privy to get that money because of that. But that that's all he's doing. He's he's not doing any research into this, and that that's the problem. You don't do any due diligence, and you're just gonna re- repost these PR emails you get. You're gonna have bad apples, so. And I, he might not care because the money he's making with doing some of this. So Yeah, the
2: good with him, It's and similarly, you get to that level, the good and the bad gets you engagement, and that's the name of the game for a lot of those guys anyway. So they don't really care. They're not, like, trying to make the world a better place.
0: Correct. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's totally true. Yeah, clicks engagement and engagements go, and go to my site, follow the link. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah.
2: The Cash Out King saga, though, yeah. Uh, as always, you know, if you're new to this, don't if give too strangers good to be money over the internet. Do not give strangers <laughs> no. money over there. It's the best advice you can give. Seriously, okay, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, a guy could be the most honorable guy in the world. You're still, it's a, it's still a risk.
0: Yeah, yeah. Peer to peer will be great in the future when it's regulated through some sort of entity. Yeah, but sure. uh, yeah, not, uh, not in this way for sure. All right. We're going to jump into it a little bit here. Uh, Before we do, I want to let you know we've increased the ways that you can consume Move the Line this year. We are bringing you this stream live on 444.com's Periscope. Uh, Also still in podcast form. We've expanded over to Spotify as well. And then this stream is also going to be over on YouTube and Twitch too. So wherever you are. Like 90% of the internet. Right? Smash the like (laughs) button, subscribe, let people know, share. Um, And if you're not already somehow listening, you found us and you're a fantasy person and you found us through four for four, um, and you have really liked what you've heard from us this year, you're going to love the Deep Dive podcast. Um, Drew and Andy do a great show a couple times a week. Um, they do streams, if you heard them earlier too, that you can get um, on Sunday kind of as the tail end of the, uh, the week, kind of looking ahead to as the next, week, next week's lines start to come out too. So definitely check out their show. Subscribe anywhere that you're listening to this as well. So uh, before we jump into the week, I want to tell you a little bit about our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. If you're not familiar with Underdog, definitely want to check them out. It's kind of a new way to play fantasy. We all kind of got into the game originally with old school snake drafts, and uh, their app is outstanding. You do best ball drafts. They have a brand new battle royale game, which is basically gives you the aspects of DFS, but allows you to keep that snake draft format. So basically pulls everyone's snake draft together, for big prize payouts at the end so five bucks to enter i think first first place is paying out like 5k this week so go over and check out underdog um or go to underdog.com and use the code four for four after you get started all right guys i think uh, our guy matt
3: elber's over there isn't he
2: that's cool
1: yeah i think i think he is one of like the sponsors or, or working there i believe i think he were yeah
0: it's the dudes that did draft uh if yep, yeah the draft. exactly yeah yep, it was great when it went away it's it was terrible and then uh yeah, I think they were just trying to raise some capital, and they basically ran it back with same oh, interface God. and, yeah, awesome stuff. Nice. All right, four buys this week, guys. Ravens, Colts, Dolphins, Vikings got the week off. Uh, really interesting how we just were – it was over central for three weeks, right? 29 and 19 and overs, weeks one through three, and all comes on the wash. Uh, weeks four through six, backed down to 44%, and we're basically – Flat on the season, uh, 46, 44, and one on totals, which I found very interesting. Um, books are adjusting. And then big totals, like we have these new, you know, important key numbers that we're floating through into the 50s, like 55, 56. Like what are these new key numbers that we're having to deal with? Because, you know, totals above 50 are so common. Uh, totals above 55 are hitting just 20% so far, 2 and eight. Uh, we have three of those on the docket today. So we'll talk about that here as we get started. First game is one of those. Green Bay on the road against the Texans. Three and a half is the total. Uh, three and a half is the spread. 57 is the total. Uh, I think 57 and a half on FanDuel. You can see here on the sheet. Uh, this is back-to-back roadies for Green Bay. This line surprised me a little bit too. Um, I think maybe the market's just really encouraged by what they saw from Houston last week against an undefeated Titans team. This lines holding strong three and a half despite nearly all the action coming in on the Packers. Andy, start us off, man. What are your thoughts on this one?
3: This was one where, you know, even though you said they're, all, they're not hitting that well, we can't get in bed with an under on this one. I think it's <laughs> kind of where, where, you know, Green Bay didn't give them a big downgrade off the loss. A lot of that, I think, was indicative of the Tampa Bay defense. They played great. That game turned on—I'm not sure—I've seen a game turn on a dime the way that one did in a while. Like it was—it was one-way traffic. Green Bay was going to drive, get to you know, thirteen, seventeen, nothing. Then all of a sudden, they didn't score again. I mean, it was—it was something. Tampa Bay is going to be a force to be reckoned with, and uh, I think Green Bay probably gets a nice bounce back here. I I didn't downgrade them hardly at all. I still think it's a very good offense. Uh, You saw what Tannehill did to Houston. Like if somebody wants to score and score in a hurry and they have the offense and the receivers to do it, you can score on Houston. I, I don't think Green Bay will have a problem scoring, and again, but again, their defense got exposed a little. I don't think their defense is great. They're on the road. This total, as high as it is, probably fair. I'm not going to get in the way of this one. I'm not uh, making a big case for the over, but uh, I lean Green Bay. I didn't make any plays in this one. You know, If some Houston money came in and I got a nice three on this, I'd probably have to think about Green Bay.
0: Yeah, what are your
2: thoughts here, Drew? Sorry about that. I was muted. The uh, Similar thoughts on this one. Green Bay are nothing for me, um, over nothing for me, and it's decent. It's a, it's a reasonable total. 57 is, isn't crazy. I can see a game script play out where uh, Green Bay goes a little bit more run-heavy to take a little bit of the load off Aaron Rodgers after what happened last week there's still uh, you know we still have to see how this relationship between LaFleur and, and Aaron Rodgers matures it was so sweet through four weeks and then last week was a real you know real monkey wrench and uh, it'll be fascinating to see if you know they can kind of on the fly recover some of the um the goodwill that they had through their four and zero start. Um I still think they're a dynamic enough team in terms of personnel offensively to absolutely hang a number on the Texans. The Texans defense is, you know, bottom ten in my by my numbers. Um so they, they it's kind of entirely up on you know what kind of week Green Bay has practicing, what kind of game plan they put together for this for this game will kind of dictate yeah. whether they cover and whether the total goes over.
3: They probably yeah. lost a lineman in Bakhtiari, so he didn't practice today. It's not looking promising. If he plays, and there's and it's a good number maybe, but for me, that's, you know, passing, I'll just watch this. And I do think some of these higher totals, I, I haven't got numbers on this. I haven't pulled anything. It's hard to do with live stuff. But I think the time decay is a little different with these totals live when they get so high. Whereas if you get a slow start on a high total game... I I have no no empirical evidence for this, but I, I think it's a little different as far as how that live total starts to move. So I'm going to be watching that this weekend. Just a theory I have rattling
0: around. You probably would have made some money on Sunday night football a couple weeks ago. I did the Vikings Seahawks game was just a dud, and then 13 zip at the half, and they still were a, what a two point conversion depending on the number that you got on the yeah. on the final line of, of still going over. So
3: I mean Vikings game this week too is 20 nothing at half. And that ended up going over a high 50s total or a mid-50s yeah. total. Second half uh, wildness.
0: Yeah. yeah. Packers offense, obviously, I think we agree should probably get right in the spot. Fourth in yards per drive, second in points per drive. Houston's 31st and 20th in those metrics on the defensive side. So definitely a good spot. Connor, Where do you got on the spot?
1: Yeah, not too much to add. I, I agree on the Green Bay spot. I'm not taking it at three and a half. Would definitely consider it at three. Um, I think it is worth noting Green Bay's run defense is still a major weakness, but I'm just not really sure that Houston like focuses on it and enough to like really exploit it. I just don't think that they really care, and you know David Johnson isn't really souped up enough to like really take advantage of it. Um, I do think that Green Bay's offense gets right uh, the team total. If you can catch it at 30, I would be really interested in that on the over. Um at 30 and a half. I'm a little bit tentative, but still really like the matchup here. I mean it's a just a fantastic bounce back spot. Houston's defense is allowing five point nine yards per carry. I'm interested in some Aaron Jones props on that end, depending on what the number comes out at. Um and then Aaron Rodgers, I mean, they're allowing uh like a 70% completion rate, 13 to 1 touchdown interception ratio, as well as 30 points per game. So I mean, this is like the ultimate get right spot here for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay defense. Um, and as as our, our listener here, Packers thirty eight, Texans seventeen. I mean, I don't know about Texans at seventeen, but I'll, I like Packers around thirty five points or more. So,
0: I think Drew makes a good point, though. That, you know, it's it's probably it's over or nothing. So I'm not going to make a case for the yeah. under. But there is a scenario here where you know Green Bay takes the air out of the ball in the second half. They do pay. They do play at a pretty slow pace with a lead, and um, you know you could see that scenario play itself out. That doesn't mean they can't get to their team total, but it may maybe just takes the air out of the Texan side a little bit to help them keep up. All right. Next has another big one. We have Detroit on the road uh, in Atlanta, uh, Atlanta minus two and a half. There's some twos out there in the marketplace as well. Total at 55 and a half back to back road trips here to the Southeast for Detroit's uh, who look completely different offensively with Kenny Galladay in the lineup. Um, when Detroit is in passing situations or, you know, pass heavy game environments, Galladay clearly standing out as Stafford's first read and, Numbers are bearing that out. His target share is on the rise. Marvin Jones might be dusty. Uh, maybe his better <laughs> days, at least behind him here, though. Uh, game is a near 50-50 split in the market in terms of both bets and handles so far. Drew, what do you got on this one?
2: So I played the under here. I got it at 56 and a half. I think fifty-five is fair. You brought up like what are new key totals in the NFL, and <laughs> 55 is one of them. Believe it or not, um, there's been it, that 55 is tied for the fourth most common total between last year and this year in the NFL. So
0: see you later. 39 and 41. So de- yeah, yeah, definitely. shot. a thing. People probably yeah, think of
2: 56 as mattering more because it's eight touchdowns. And so they just assume that, but uh, believe it or not. Uh, yeah. 56 is nowhere to be seen in terms of the frequency chart of actual scores. Um, there's only been six in the last, uh, last season and this season compared to 11 55s. So go figure. That's enough. Um, under 55, though, is my look here, mostly because I think Lions are going to be live. I think this is going to be a competitive game. And realistically, you know, the the injuries to the skill position players, you mentioned Marvin Jones. He's banged up. He didn't practice today. Julio didn't practice today. Uh, Ridley's dealing with an elbow injury as well. So there's, there's enough question marks in the skill position players here that I could see both teams kind of coming in with a little bit more run-heavy approach. Uh, and certainly if either team gets a lead, Um, I think they will find success on the ground, uh, which will shorten the game a bit, reduce the number of drives. Um, I doubt that this will be a high-flying, back-and-forth, high-scoring game. We haven't really seen the Lions play that way this season anyway, or really at all under the, uh, um, you know, under the... the, They have the tools to do it. They should be, uh, you know, this the team that can go out and score 30 on any given day, but uh, when they have a lead, they get too conservative. Um, And, you know, we really just aren't seeing them perform to the level we expected preseason, so... Um, they should be live in this one. I don't hate a Lions money line play, but uh, I think under is a stronger angle.
0: What are your thoughts, Connor? No, you're muted. Yeah, I think, I think,
1: uh, I think lions money line would probably be probably my play. They, the issue is I think, you know, what drew said makes a lot of sense in terms of like how they want to play. And I think that's certainly possible with them both, you know, going maybe a little bit run heavier. The issue is just both these defenses are so bad. Like, you know, Atlanta only has six sacks on the season. It's 29th in adjusted sack rate. They basically had no pressure. But on the other side, like Detroit defense, has also been playing really bad. Um, Atlanta has allowed eight wide receivers to go over 100 yards in the first six weeks. So that makes me think that, you know, Kenny Galladay is very much in play here, especially with Marvin Jones probably banged up. Um, you know, I like his props. Potentially, it's like a blow-up game. You can probably get reasonable numbers on that. Um, I mean, the total, I think – is already like the market is adjusted for, you know, like those things though. Like that's, I think that it's already kind of like bought into that. Like we're not really getting much value. It's like 56, you know, like I I don't think that there's much value left. So I think that I'm probably going to attack some props, especially ones like Galladay. And then, I mean, based on the Julio injury, like, you know, it we could see a little bit more target share for Ridley or not based on how his injury shapes up. So I'll probably look at Galladay the most. I think Detroit's pretty live here against Atlanta, but Overall, I would probably say props the way to go for me.
3: But you guys are just always muting yourselves.
1: Oh yeah, Noonan's muted himself now too. Uh, Look at that. I'm, I'm like Classic. I'm like the survivor. I, I'm the only one who is muted. I don't know. I breathe into the mic so much that I can't. Like I need to mute myself, otherwise yeah, yeah, I'm like popping over the mic.
0: I was saying that I, I thought the guys made good points. You know, if Detroit is live, I think they are live. And if they are, they do get up. We saw it last week too. They run the football a ton. They use all three backs. Kind of becomes a, a prop nightmare. Though we have seen a little bit more of that, Daryl Bevel. Matthew Stafford mix that we saw last year in the first half when they were together before Stafford went down. We're seeing a higher a dot from Stafford over the last couple of weeks. I think that coincides with Galladay being back. We didn't really see in that Arizona game because they got up big there too. We didn't see it much last week because they got up big. So I think if Atlanta pushes this one forces that in Detroit side, I think that this starts to get a little bit more pass happy, a little bit more back and forth too. You know, I, Think that there could be, at least on the Atlanta side, as far as the practice report today, that could be a little bit more just management, you know, veteran day off type of thing. Definitely something to watch. They've all been a little bit dinged up here the last couple of weeks. Uh, Andy, thoughts on this one?
3: Yeah, it's it's tough to tell with Wednesday injury reports because sometimes you do get the whatever you want to call veteran's day off. Not Veterans Day the holiday, but a veteran getting the day off. (laughs) But, yeah, Ridley and Julio, I think they'll play. Like, they're going to play. They're just a little bit banged up. The Lions have some guys, too. I don't think Trufant goes, but uh, for the Lions, which – doesn't help them. Their secondary has been awful, beat up. akuda has been playing better. Uh, you know, you draft a guy that high, you expect him to. He was kind of rough to start the start the year. I think he's uh, starting to become an asset rather than a liability. To this defense, it's still beat up. Like I get why the total's high, um, but like Drew said, uh, if you do in t- if you do end up in a, a game script where the Lions get a lead, boy, they love to just pound AP. And you, a game, it's it's awful hard to get over 56 if we start seeing AP. So I'll be kind of looking at a live under if we do end up in a, some scenario where the Lions are up by, you know, 8, 10, 14 points, whatever have you. That'd be something I'd look for because I think the totals start to get high because it's like, well, the Atlanta's going to have to come back here and people start hammering the, the over where I'd probably be in an under sure. in that situation. But, yeah, I'd lean Detroit, lean the under. I think my favorite look could probably be Detroit in a teaser. You can take him over the three, four, six, and seven here at plus two. So it's probably going to find its way into some of my teasers.
0: like it. Um, I'm interested in, in the Galladay prop market too, depending on when that happens. I mean, he, he uh, still got there last week, top to 100 yards, but I think he had like three drawn pass interference calls. I mean, mm. he, was, he was featured very early and uh, could be a good spot. All right, next game, guys. We have Dallas on the road against the Washington football team. This one's moved quite a bit. Washington now, in most (laughs) spots, minus one. Uh, 46 or so is the total. Look ahead to Dallas here. Short road favorites. Uh, Moved through the zero then now with Washington again here, uh, minus one. Zeke Elliott did not do Andy Dalton any favors last week in his debut, uh, putting the ball on the ground twice, giving uh, Arizona short fields. And we know Dallas' defense is – not equipped to man that situation. Cowboys are such a public team though. So not surprising that we're seeing the early action backing Dallas, even though the line has moved uh, Connor thoughts.
1: You keep catching me when my, my mic is muted here, but um, yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I mean, so I think in hindsight, right? Like, I think it was kind of like, you know, ridiculous for us to expect Dallas's offense just to click like right away. Um, and, but I do think that they improve, and I think this is one of the spots to do so. Um, The issue is that their defense has been so bad, allowing the seventh worst um, yards per play. And, I mean, most of that's because they're the 27th ranked explosive run rate team and 24th in explosive pass rate allowed. So, I mean, this defense is terrible. Um, But, I mean, the thing is is that Washington's offense is just not playing well. Um, They're six through six weeks. They're worse in the league at 4.3 yards per play. Um, since Haskins has been benched, they've scored ten to nineteen points. So I, I don't really know what to make of this game. To be honest, I think that at this point, probably um, Washington. I mean, I mean, I guess they're live. I don't. I mean, I guess they're technically not live because they're favored at this point. So I don't really know what to make of it. Really, at this point, um, I think it's close. Like their defense has overperformed significantly, but um, like they're like I mean, they're not like extreme enough to really take into a – like you know consideration they're like 12 13th in a lot of metrics so it's like i guess they're like okay but it's nothing that we should really be like you know fade this team because of x defense so i i guess i'm kind of just staying off this um if you could have grabbed the washington money line bet earlier when you get plus odds i would consider it but really at this point i'm not super sold on either side
0: andy thoughts on this game yeah,
1: same thing. Don't,
3: don't bet this game, man. Just, <laughs> there, there's better games to bet. And it it, it, it comes down to, like, there's such bad angles and bad matchups for both sides. Like you said, oh, the Dallas defense is just horse shit. It's terrible. Everyone's beating it. Well, they don't have a quarterback. Washington mm-hmm. doesn't have an offense. They're you know, they getting a lineman healthy. They have a good receiver, but they just don't have an identity on offense. They're not a team that's going to put up a bunch of points, like even bad teams like uh, the Giants have done on Dallas. So I don't see them taking advantage of that, what should be a plus matchup for them. And then on the other side, like Dallas's offensive line lost their last good player, and you know Arizona doesn't have a good pass rush. They lost their best pass rusher to injury and they still were getting constant pressure. Yeah. Now you go against Washington who has good pass rushers like Andy Dalton. I love him and I don't I still think you know he can play in this league, but he's getting put in such a poor situation. Even you know the 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 receivers are great, but if you're on your back, they don't do you a lot of good. It's going to be a rough day for him. So I can't I can't really back either team here it's, it's like you said uh washington is a live dog at minus odds here they're, they're a live dog favorite it, it's how it feels it's, a, it's just an ugly game to to bad uh, this is one i'll watch and maybe get involved live some uh, maybe some props i'll see what you guys are on for props
0: terry mclaurin props yeah terry. Uh, he is he is uh he's just been Real tough gauntlet of just really tough defenses in in corners, and now he gets Dallas. And he's really been still successful even though he's had that run. And they really, like you said, really have nothing else there. I think you can get some uh, over on points bet, Andy. You can go in Iowa. They give these little bridge windows where you can get like six to eight receptions. Like you'll probably find McLaurin posted for between six and eight receptions at like plus 170. Um, plus one fifty five or something like that, which is sometimes pretty nice. Um, Drew, these guys are making a pretty good case for an under on this game. Oh You're man,
2: city that is in. I mean, yeah, and, you know, Andy's saying don't bet this game. I'm, I'm seeing the opposite. I'm saying, uh, you know, bet it both ways. You know, take plus one uh, for Washington <laughs> at FanDuel and plus one for Dallas at uh, Bet MGM and cheer for a tie. Pray for a tie. <laughs> zero zero. Yeah, zero zero. Why not? No, um, I, I don't have any action on this game. I wanted to take Washington. I was hoping that the Cowboys would pull off the, uh, the win on Monday Night Football and we would get a big old inflated number here to back the dog. None of that manifests. And, in yeah. fact, a lot of who Dallas is and we kind of expected they were going to be for the rest of the season was exposed against uh, Arizona. And, you know, now you can kind of – you know exactly how to deal with this team, in my opinion, for the rest of the season. Uh, they, they can absolutely – if they can protect Andy Dalton – They're going to be an offensive, um, you know, they're they're going to be relatively competent offensively. Um, If they are down and in obvious passing situations, they are absolutely screwed. Um, I think you can reasonably take live positions against them, halftime positions against them if they're in a deficit like we saw against Arizona. Um, We're in, you know, they're this. The key to defeating them, the key to putting points on the Cowboys and really putting pressure on them, uh, you can kill them with speed. Uh, you know the, Kyla, the speed that Kyler Murray had was they had absolutely no answer for it. Um, and you know even you know the the ghost of Kenyon Drake made an appearance and played in that game. Uh, they <laughs> are just it. just just basic, just basic fundamentals of defense. They had they had no uh, discipline. Um, i don't think that changes overnight i don't like any of these players defensively anyway it's not like there's anyone coming to the rescue here to, to turn the tide of this defense so um we're going to have a lot of standalone games with the cowboys going down the stretch here yeah. i think you you reasonably just you know keep your powder dry look for opportunities to to fade these guys if in in games and situations where it's obvious they're going to need to pass the ball in order to win
0: Yep. Make a great case for, for all that kind of a stay away for me too. So McLaurin props is all I got. And uh, yeah, even this total is, is something that just is kind of a stay away. Uh, This next one will be interesting. I feel like it's a situational betters dream here. Buffalo on the road against the jets Uh, jets are just gosh. uh, Buffalo 13 point favorites, 13 and a half in some books. Uh, You just don't see a team very often getting two touchdowns at home in the division. Uh Jets are though on another level right now. It's total opened at 46, too is trending down, 45 is and a half. Um the Jets are 31st in yards per drive, 32nd in points, um, which is amazing. They don't find the red zone very often, which is no surprise. But when they do, um they do nothing when they're there. They are um, <laughs> League average red zone touchdown rate is a little shy of 63%. Uh, theirs is 23%. Um, that's bad, about 40% below average. And they are punting at an astronomical rate as well. They are just – they're bad. They are just cruising for the uh, number one pick here. I think ESPN's Football Power Index has them at a 57% chance of uh, landing whoever decides to come out in the draft and allow them to take them at the first pick. Uh Connor, Jets thoughts here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm pumped. I have I have a 14 to one ticket on the Jets being the worst team in the league. You know, with the worst record. So, I mean, this is like, I think I'm a few weeks away from from running to the to the bank and cashing it already. But uh, <laughs> I mean, we're close. Um, I think the thing is here is like, maybe the value is on the Jets at plus 13 and all the situational trends, but. I would never feel good about that until it's like plus 20 in this situation. And for next week, we got to look at the line against the Chiefs. The Chiefs we got that
0: coming. Our 21-point yeah. favorites
1: against the Jets. I'm not taking that at less than 30. I mean, I don't know. I don't care what team we're rolling out here. I mean, this Joe Flacco-led team is just so, so bad. Um, I mean, th- another thing to consider, though, is too, the Bills won by 10 at home against the Jets in week one. Now they're 13 points on the road. So I mean that's I mean that's like a significant movement of like six points essentially, but they're saying they this team is six points worse than they were in week one with Joe Flacco, quarterback and all the injuries and everything. So I'm do I think that they're six points worse than they were week one? Probably not, but am I betting the Jets? No shot. But I guess the last note would be Jamison Crowder props. He the last three times against Buffalo, which allows slot receivers to eat. He's gone seven, one fifteen one, eight sixty-six one, and 99 one. I mean, he's their only target. He's gotten seen like over ten targets in every game since he's played. So, I mean, he's going to be a guy that I'm,
0: I'm going to be hitting in
1: the player prop market.
0: Yeah, he's rolling out of bed and getting thirteen targets, and the Bills have been really Who susceptible. Else are you throw to? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. fucking Frank door. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, what do you got? And, Andy? and
3: it, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday and Darnold is up in the air. Like, if you want to bet this game, you better have some inside info that like Darnold's starting and this is going to go back to eleven. Yeah, so, I, and I I doubt I doubt it, but if you listen to the injury reports and the talking heads and the New York media, it's it's up in the air. Flacco's a downgrade. Like, it's, it's clear. for sure. He's he's a for sure downgrade. So if if he's playing, I don't want to get in bed with him under two touchdowns here. If this got to fourteen and a half, I'd have to think about it. But yeah, at this current number, yuck yuck. It's another yucky game. Yeah,
0: Drew. Any thoughts here? We have a rematch. We know a second time in the division, things like that. Uh, anything popping here for you?
2: Yeah, I mean it's a different Jets team. They're they're you know the cupboard is bare. Um, tough to really put a price on these guys because they're that bad. Um, I didn't play this game. I wouldn't recommend playing this game. I think uh, best case scenario for us, Darnold comes back and is rusty <laughs> and doesn't mm-hmm. look great. Uh, the Bills cover comfortably. Uh, and then that Chiefs game next week opens up like plus 28. And then you can think back up. <laughs> you know, you know, Donald Darnold is rusty. He stinks. Everybody is like, oh, well, yeah, the Jets are terrible. Um, but it's in large part because um, Beckton is still out. And then Beckton comes back next week. Donald's shaking yeah, off the rust and he competes a little bit against the chiefs. That's, that's <laughs> the best case arc for the jets in the next two weeks. Other than that, I'm on yeah. I'm that one, these Reverse guys. Reverse
3: it, flip it. You, you had it and we knew where you were going. You just said it completely wrong and upside
0: down. <laughs> <laughs> made sense. I was following you. Yeah. Absolute stay away. You know, you could toss Buffalo into a, you know, seven point tease or something like that and bring them down to like six and a half and make you feel real safe about it. Um, yeah. Maybe we'll have that in a fishy tease uh, at the end of the show. All right, we have another rematch. Uh, Cleveland on the road against the Bengals. Cleveland minus three. I think FanDuel had a three and a half early this afternoon. You can see what's up there on the sheets. 50 and a half, some 50s out there as far as the total goes. Browns staying on the road in the division back-to-back weeks. Obviously beat down in a massive way last week with beat up Baker Mayfield. Uh, that was a really shocking one all week. That that just kind of held where it was. It just really stood out as kind of a mispriced line, considering all that was going on there in Cleveland. Uh, these two clubs met in, on uh, Thursday back in week two, and uh, that was a high-scoring game. That was I think thirty-six to thirty or something like that. Um, I think that's inflated this total a little bit here. Cleveland was four and a half in the look aheads, but I think you know since he showed up a little bit against Indy, it's moved it down. Uh, early action pre-split, Drew. What are your thoughts on this game?
2: Man, I think the right angle of attack on this one is Browns in some way. Uh, the all of the warning signs we're getting out of Bengals are the you know the locker room is kind of falling apart. All the vets want off the ship. They all want you know to be on a more competitive team because they see how long this rebuild is going to take. Um, Joe Burrow may be the quarterback of the future, but there's a lot of guys that want to compete now and or get paid soon, and they want out. That's a terrible, terrible sign, especially this time of season. Um, So the Browns bounce back probably in a nice way here. I haven't laid the three, um, but that's where I'm leading. Andy.
3: Yeah, kind of the same thought here. Like uh, we saw what happened to the Indy defense the past two weeks with uh, Darius Leonard out. They get real soft over the middle. Like he's an impact player. We love him. He's been great throughout his young career. And without him, you know, even even a low end offense like this can put up what was it twenty four by half or what, I mean, at least twenty one. I'm and I had the Bengals last week. I had the over. I couldn't have had a game. You know, pan out as perfectly as the Bengals <laughs> getting up early and just like, all right, Indy, come back, take us over the total, get me home here. But I, I don't believe, I, I couldn't believe the game went that way. Honestly, like I was, I was hoping for Cincy to get some garbage points late and keep it halfway competitive, and I think. I don't think we see that many performances like that from the Cincinnati Bengals early on putting up multiple, you know, 2-3 touchdowns in the first half like that. Um yeah, it's probably browns or nothing. Browns put in such a tough spot here. They had a, a lineman out. I don't we again, it's Wednesday. We don't have a huge update on him. We had Baker Mayfield with hurt ribs going up against a pass rush that will crush you. Like it was just a recipe for disaster. That's why we played Pittsburgh. That was I yeah, it was like Connor hit it even harder than us, and yeah, it was a, it was a it was just one of those spots that felt so good when everything started to pan out your way, and I, it's uh, couldn't have a bigger drop off, I don't think, from playing a Pittsburgh defense to playing a Cincinnati defense. Cleveland should get right, even you know they have a great backup running back. The the running game should get going. They have good receivers. The, the, uh, Baker with a week more to heal. If he had broken or like real bruised ribs. I think we'd have seen him miss some time and he's probably going to be fine. So since you're Cleveland to cover Cleveland, some which way Cleveland first half, maybe because I, uh, it's just probably it's, and it's almost like a coaching mismatch. I do like Stefanski quite a bit.
0: Yeah, it is a coaching mismatch. Uh, I totally agree. The Browns ran successfully last time, 215 yards, three scores kind of sets up for a nice cream hunt spot. Connor, what are your thoughts on this game? You're not even muted. You're just contemplating my very, very- – No, I, I, I know. It, it
1: It randomly freezes sometimes when – right as soon as you call <laughs> on me. And then, of course, in you know, the last 10 minutes, it was perfectly crystal clear. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, in this in this uh, spot, I mean, the Browns have been all over the place. They've scored six and seven points in two games and then 34 or more in the other four. Um, I mean, they scored 35 against Cincy last time around. I do think it's a get-right spot for the offense – My issue would be just like you know Baker Mayfield's ribs. He looked a little off um, last week. Obviously, he was just getting tons of pressure against Pittsburgh. You know, since he's not going to get any pressure on him. So, I mean, this is a good spot for Cincy here or for uh, Cleveland here. And like you said, I mean, they rushed for 215 yards. I think Cream Hunt props are very much in play. Uh, I would also on the other side, Tyler Boyd went seven seventy-two and one against Cleveland last time around. And you know, in in the slot here, I think that he should have another big game. I think something will be watched too will be AJ greens, you know, return from the grave, you know, like he, like, just like the dust, you know, came out and he was, he was there and he, he started like performing for once and it might've been just a one week thing. Maybe, you know, took, took a little, uh, took a little drugs before the game and, you know, was feeling it or, uh, maybe, uh, maybe it's the real thing, but I, I'm not banking on it. He looked terrible the first few weeks. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm mostly on Tyler Board here, and then probably some Kareem uh, Hunt props on the other side.
0: A little pregame Molly will get you going. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, hey, whatever does it for him, man. I
1: mean, whatever works to get his ass, like, moving, man. He has just been slow.
0: Yeah, Cincinnati's 28th in uh, adjusted sack rate, 28th in pressure rate. Very different situation here. They're not going to have the pressure like they saw last week. And Connor, you talked about two receivers on the Bengals, but you left off their number one receiver, I talked
1: to yeah, T Higgins. I great talked to Higgins
0: last week. I couldn't. I didn't pull the trigger because I thought his prop at forty-seven and a half was a little high. When I mean, he basically goes out and gets a hundred by half, uh, <laughs> so I think if he's in that fifty range, I just think they're vibrant right now with with uh, Burrow. His snap rate continues to go up. He's run a lot of routes out of the slot as well, which we know is very nice. It's been nice against Cleveland. So I think T. Higgins is going to be pretty viable in the prop market too. Still, I think the markets are still going to be a little short on him.
2: Oh, you know what else? You probably uh, why why else that makes a good good look? A. J. Green's on his way out. John Ross is on his way out. Like this is now the T. Higgins team, and at at some point, like A. J. Green's just going to be a surprise scratch. Right? Like, oh, we might trade him. We don't want him to get hurt. Like, he's yeah. his yeah. snap count's going to come down.
3: <laughs> like in baseball, where it's like, oh, this pitcher got scratched
2: right yeah. the, the, on the trade yeah. deadline. Yeah. yeah I it's, wonder what it, happened. Yeah. Makes a ton of sense.
0: <laughs> yeah. I just feel like it's, to your point, like they're building. It's the young guys, that chemistry. They kind of already have it. And it seems to be something I want to buy in before he starts getting into the upper 50s, low 60s range. All right. So uh, Staying in the division, we have. Carolina on the road against the Saints. Saints seven and a half in most spots. Fifty-one is the total. This was six and a half in the look-ahead market last weekend. Um, just one point move, but obviously pretty significant, moving to seven and through seven. Uh, this is a reunion spot. I don't know that I would necessarily go revenge game with Teddy <laughs> returning to the dome. Um, <laughs> Joe Brady returning, spent some time on the Saints coaching staff a couple of years back. Oh. Saints are coming back fresh off of a buy and uh, slant boy. Michael Thomas returning to action. Uh, Connor, what are your thoughts?
1: Uh, I mean, I I actually don't have too much on this game. Um, I think it is worth noting New Orleans scored 30 or more points in four or five games this season. Um, And the Panthers D has been really bad against the run, but they've been pretty good against the pass. Like the zone defense they're playing has really kept things in front of them. Um, And has actually done a pretty good job of limiting opposing offenses. Um, But I, I don't think that's like anything that New Orleans can't overcome. Carolina's like third worst in pressure rate. Um, so I, I lean towards, you know, my angle on this game would probably be the running props. You know, like I maybe some Latavius Murray, maybe some Alvin Kamara. I don't know what the numbers are going to be at yet, but I think that those are probably the angles I'm taking, especially as, you know, seven and a half point favorites at home. Like it kind of like, you know, low or raises their floor. You know, it's not saying that they're going to get a ton of garbage time, but it means that it's unlikely that New Orleans is going to get game scripted out and like really be trailing. So they're not going to want to run the ball anymore. So I think that those two guys are are you know, especially what I'm going to be looking for. But other than that, I mean, maybe it could be a bounce back game for Teddy after last week uh, against the Bears. Um, and now New Orleans is, you know, 25th in pressure rate and been pretty average defensively overall, but, you know, kind of susceptible to the past. I think some sometimes. So um, I, I mean, for me, that angles is the props.
0: Murray's always low. It's like 34, 35. Yeah. That's always too low. Uh, obviously, with uh, Kwan short out of the lineup, Carolina just does not have much up front to slow him down. Drew uh, road dog in the division by a touchdown or more always pretty appealing, and he leans on this. Yeah,
2: one. they got they got my action on that. Yeah, I took seven and a half. I don't feel great about it, but uh, I think <laughs> I think that the Panthers' pass offense is nice. Um, they looked bad last week because they went up against one of the best pass defenses, if not the best pass defense in the NFL saints uh are i have massively downgraded their past defense relative to my preseason expectation panthers should be able to score in this one just kind of doing what they've been doing you know these last couple weeks um so i'll, I'll look for the panthers to keep this competitive saints this time of year start to come on you know they start to put things together coming off a bye is not a great time to go up against the coach who i have a lot of respect for and sean payton um uh, Andy probably does not have the same respect for Sean Payton. But, but, uh, yeah, I think the Panthers can keep this competitive. Um, (laughs) I wouldn't – and, again, you know, like if it was minus six and a half, would I have looked at the Panthers? No chance. Yeah. Uh, I might have – you made a case for the Saints. But at seven and a half, it was appealing. So I took it.
0: Andy, bias aside, any thoughts on this one?
3: Yeah, no, it's a nice teaser leg on the Saints at home coming off a bye – you take it across the seven and three here. It's there's a bunch of there's a bunch of these this week where it's like, man, this is this is another nice teaser leg for me. So off a of bye, coaching mismatch. I, I, I like Brady and Rule. I think they're doing nice things with a limited roster. Um, backup running back. Running backs don't matter. Mike Davis has been great. Mm-hmm. Two pretty decent receivers down there. I haven't downgraded the uh, defense for New Orleans as much as Drew. I'm still hopeful. I think these—it's just Patriot South. They do this—the uh, extended preseason where it takes—I mean, you hit it, Drew. You said it, and it does happen. It takes them a few games to get this this team rolling. Hopefully it's on the defense too because I don't want Tampa to win the division just out of spite for a few people. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not interested in laying this many points even in the plus situation because I still do think uh, Carolina can move the ball. But you give me a teaser, you know, like Saints minus one and a half here and a tease with somebody else. That's a that's a nice math long leg or whatever, what have you. That's probably my only look. Total might actually be a touch low because I, I think Carolina is going to get theirs.
0: Yeah, I think Carolina can score too. Yeah, I think you're, you know, grading down the Saints defensively makes a ton of sense. 22nd in yards per drive, 25th in points per drive. Like, they just haven't been good in the red zone. They've been, you know, gashed through the air. Um, harder to run on them, but you know, I think uh, the secondary definitely has some holes. And it's a good spot. I mean, Robbie continues to show a really high floor week in and week out. DJ Moore is uber-talented, and he's running a little bit deeper routes this year. But, I mean, they – They'll be able to hang in this one. So I do think that the Carolina with the points is probably the, the sharp play on this one for sure. What's that bear doing?
2: <laughs> Speaking of bears, the other thing that I really hope is that this is competitive so that they look a headline for the saints and the bears next week is two and a half because that is a sweet one. I would yeah. love to have the saints on the road next week at minus two and a half against Chicago. Uh, so knock on wood that manifest. Oh, wow. Is that what it was at? Is that, is that like, is that's, that bettable right that's now? That's what's. I mean, I don't know if no, I don't have not, action not that anywhere. Story. That's yeah, I, yeah. I don't. Have, I can't get down on that very much. But there are places that that uh, right. legal. I'm Google gonna set some alerts on my phone
1: to make sure if that comes in anything under three. I'm just you know betting well, the house. You that's can uh, you know.
2: auto, auto fire.
0: FanDuel yeah. has has uh, week eight look ads up, Connor, and it's at three.
1: Oh shit. Yeah, I'm taking this now. Mid mid episode. I'm taking
2: this. I, I didn't look, you know, is...
0: three minus one oh six.
2: That's not bad. Yeah. yeah, that's not bad. I mean, I think they I think they win that pretty comfortably.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. We'll get there. They're the most fraudulent five and one team ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, they're really bad. <laughs> All right. Next we have uh, Battle of Five and O's. So we have Pittsburgh on the road against the Titans. Titans minus one with some one and a half popping up. This is move, pretty uh, Pretty solid all day. 50 and a half is the total in most spots. Uh, Pittsburgh was, like I said, short road favorite, but uh, some steam has moved it through. looks like about 85% of the handle so far coming in on the Titans side. Uh, Titans, COVID be damned. Uh, Practice means nothing to them. They just continue to be very efficient in the red zone, especially. Props to Art Smith, who just continues to put Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill in position to make plays. They're running a crap ton of no huddle. They run a crap ton of uh, play action. Just it's working. And when Derrick Henry goes off, things are a lot easier. Don't know that the big dog is going to have the space to operate against the Steelers. Drew, what are your thoughts on this game?
2: Man, I can't. I think this line is I, at Steelers minus one, Tennessee minus one. If you can distinguish who's better between these two teams to the degree that is outside of that win probability, then you have a better model than I do. <laughs> because these, you know, they, these are two really good teams. Um, I have the Titans as the best offense in the in the NFL. Steelers is a top five defense, number seven offense. So this is uh, this is going to be a really competitive game. The fact that we have two um, relatively high scoring, high flying offenses here leads me to an over. Um, I don't think you are going to see uh, much. I don't think you are really going to see either team uh, play. You know, ball control, keep away. Um, you know, hold the lead, uh, and you know it's going to take something crazy, like unusually poor red zone efficiency, or something like that, for this to come in under fifty. Um,
3: F- fumble through the end zone,
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that kind of stuff could could send this thing sideways. But um, both teams absolutely, you know, just loaded with weapons um, and good schemes. Uh, this should be a uh, this should be a high scoring affair.
0: Yeah, what do you got, Andy?
3: Yeah, we uh you can get a better number on it now. We got a bad number. We thought this would come in higher. We we thought this total should have been higher. Somebody bet it down today. You can get like a 50.5 and a half now. But again, yeah, I agree. We both bet this total over. That just these offenses are so efficient and as as much as you want to say nice things about Pittsburgh's defense, they have their susceptibility, especially in coverage against some good receivers. That, and Tampa has a good passing game. Uh, ho, like, hopefully, they just don't. Or Tampa, excuse me, Tennessee. If they go to like a bunch of tractor SEDO and we see a run game, then they should probably just fire the coaching staff in the spot because <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. Like, you should be able to pass against this team. Get Tannehill going, and they should be able to get some points. Like he said, I I can't pick a side here. This is really good. It's two teams I like. Uh it's funny. Drew was so high on Tennessee preseason. I was so high on Pittsburgh, and here we sit with a couple couple undefeated teams. This was a game that should have been played already. Honestly, I had some yeah. great closing line value on this game the first time because I bet this. I bet the. Uh, Steelers, and then the COVID stuff hit, and I'm like, I'm just watching the line move. And then yeah. finally I hit the realization, like, this isn't a good thing. This is bad. This game is not getting played with my number I got.
2: So, <laughs> you, have, uh, Steelers, you have Steelers have AFC, pretty big ticket, right? No, pretty I have Steelers to
3: AFC North.
2: AFC North, that's right, yeah. I have a I, little I, AFC.
3: Yeah. I, have a little, I have Steelers to win more games than the Eagles. I have Ben, every which way but loose. I have a bunch of tickets on Yeah, and I have Steelers a lot.
2: I have a pretty big Tennessee AFC ticket, so either of these teams wins and Chiefs, you know, drivers win the AFC. I, yeah, I know that, that's <laughs> not the point. Like we just want one of the two to be in the driver's seat for the one seed, um, you know, really shock the world. and I, you know the math models, in my opinion, are so tilted to how important the one seed is this year that um, whoever gets that in the AFC is going to be the top of the board, and you can pick away at Ravens Chiefs, whoever is below. Um, so, you know, that's
0: a good point. Yeah. But the just, shift just need one of these the... two.
2: Yeah. Just need either Tennessee or Pittsburgh to get to like 14 wins and we're, and we're there.
0: Uh, Connor Tannehill has made, uh, 15 starts as a QB of the Titans. The over is 13 and two in those starts. Um, that is per front of the show, Matthew Freeman, who we had on a few weeks ago. Uh, and he leans on this game.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, so, so personally here, you know, I like the the Pittsburgh team total over 24 and a half um, because with the line movement, we've seen the team total move. It's available at DraftKings right now at 24 and a half. Uh, They've scored 26 or more in every single game this season. Uh, Tennessee's defense now, I mean, ranks 22nd rushing success rate allowed 30th in passing success rate allowed. They're also 31st in explosive run rate allowed fifth worst in yards for play allowed. I mean, I just think that like this is a big mismatch I think for in terms of the Pittsburgh offense versus the Tennessee defense. I, I agree that you know Pittsburgh's defense while it looks good in a lot of metrics is probably a little overrated. Um, and the Tennessee offense is very good. Um, I think the biggest mismatch comes on the other side of the ball with Pittsburgh's offense versus Tennessee's defense which I don't think is very good. Um, so in, in this spot, you know, I mean tw- you're asking for more than 24 and a half points. Like I mean I think they score 26, 27, maybe even 30 in this game. Um, and and that Tennessee probably has plenty of success, success as well. So I mean that's probably that's my biggest take. You know I've I've placed you know multiple units on the that team total, and um, I think that I would take it you know even up to twenty six if the game ends up leveling out here um, on the over.
0: Yeah, two big statistical outliers for me, and as you mentioned, Connor. Um, Tennessee struggle against the run, thirty first and explosive run rate allowed. Um, you know the twenty second overall defensive DVOA, and then that Pittsburgh they are elite everywhere, but they are bottom five in explosive pass rate allowed. So if they can run play action successfully, get some deep shots down with Tannehill, I think that they can at least hang. So I think I get why we're looking at an over at 50 and a half. Definitely some uh, some sneaky points here. There are no sneaky points in this next one. They are right in our face. Seattle at Arizona. Uh, Seattle favored here, three and a half on the road. Fifty-five and a half is the total. Um, always intrigued. I really should start tracking this, but this line is holding steady with Seattle minus three and a half, despite a very heavy lean on the books on both the side and the money on Seattle. I mean, the books feel like they set a really solid line here, and they are not budging. Uh, I'll be interested to see if this moves towards the tail end of the week. Uh, perhaps dropping down to three with all this, this Seattle money that's coming in. This league, uh, this one features the league's two best red zone offenses through the first six weeks, so lots of points here. Although uh, the total is down a little bit since it opened. Andy, what are your thoughts on this game?
3: Yeah, and something else that I'm kind of watching as far as the markets go is uh, how many, how much, what was the final score Monday? Like thirty-eight ten. Yeah. So uh, Arizona drubs the Cowboys, thirty-eight ten. I bet this. I mean, I bet this before the Monday night game happened, and I bet Seattle at minus three and a half. Seattle doesn't do anything; they're by. They, you know, they didn't play. Cardinals put on the performance on national television that they did, and the the line does not move at all. It's still just sitting there at three and a half. So the, there's no adjustment made on Arizona. I think the the people, the the risk managers, the the market in general, the money coming in knows that like, it shouldn't be some big upgrade for Arizona. They were gifted a couple of Zeke fumbles. They had a fluky long touchdown. Like I'm not saying they shouldn't have won the game because based on Dallas's game plan, like you know the the Jets might have won this game if you're going to go with that, you know, just that conservative of a game. It's not get carried right away. Up, yeah, I right yeah, <laughs> yeah, hyperbolic there a little bit, but uh, yeah, Jets aren't beating anybody. That's a uh, you know I, I'm not giving the Cardinals an upgrade off that win because just the, the Cowboys came in there pretty much playing to lose with that game plan. It was rough. The play sequencing was gross. I'm not high on the Cardinals' offense, although, like you said... Good in the red zone if they do get there. Uh, that's why this total probably, I wouldn't touch this under with a 10-foot pole, probably gets there. Seahawks are just more talented on offense. Kyler is not a strong passer. He's an electric runner, though. He will have to beat the secondary with his arm if they want to win this game or probably stay within the number. I just don't think he has that capability yet. So If I'm game planning for Kyler, I'm giving him short stuff. not letting him have anything not letting some of those guys run deep and i'm I'm daring him to run and maybe spying or something keeping him under wraps that was one of their most successful plays was just how squirrely he is out in space so uh not not that i'm super high on the seattle defense i'm not but uh i definitely definitely think the seattle offense is uh quite a bit better even on the road here and coming off a bye
0: yeah extra rest for sure drew what are your thoughts
2: it's taken me a while to get here, but this under is my favorite total of the week.
0: Ooh, okay. Wow. Well, give it I, to me. I think you're going to have a unique you get a unique position here.
2: Well, I think – number so you, you bring up red zone efficiency. That can regress in a heartbeat. I mean, we've seen it for, for sure. There's nothing really um, fun, especially about Seattle. There's nothing really about what they do in the red zone that I find to be – especially unique. It's just sort of they have great weapons and Russell Wilson makes plays. Um, You know, that could come to a screeching halt. uh, And you have an undefeated team coming off a bye, which sometimes kind of tends to throw cold water on them. I don't know if that's real or not. It's just maybe me kind of projecting or creating some bullshit narrative. But, um, you know, there's definitely... A little less, in my opinion, less intensity in terms of preparation when you go into your bye week undefeated relative to you know a team that's underwhelming to that point. Early. It's early in the season. So um, I could see the team coming out a little cool here. And <clears throat> I made two changes to the Arizona, my Arizona numbers after that Dallas game. I upgraded their pass defense. I thought their coverage was very strong. Uh, and I downgraded their offense. Their offense was awful outside of those couple busted plays, which I would hang entirely on Dallas. I don't give Arizona much credit at all for that. Um, And, you know, the the fact that, you know, the fact that speed is really the only thing that Kyler Murray has going for him right now on the ground um, doesn't play especially well against the Seattle defense. Um, Seattle's defense is getting healthier. Uh, They're not going to be able to really rush the passer much, put pressure on him. Um, but I would expect with their you know, linebacking core, K.J. Wright and uh, Wagner, they're strong linebackers, and Jamal Adams potentially you know, playing center field and or being a spy is, is a nice setup there to limit his ability to create those um, scramble first downs. So I think I can see Arizona being completely shut down in this game, realistically, even though Seattle's defense is not good. Um, it's, uh, it's not a good matchup for them, and we saw it in one of their matchups last year. Uh, you know, Seattle held them to 10, and that wasn't a good Seattle defense. Um, so I think uh, this sets up pretty well. Arizona on a short week, uh, you know this this might be one of the last times you see a Cardinals game aligned in the fifties.
0: Interesting, yeah. So, so on pace, the other side, without efficiency
3: is what we decided on for them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Arizona side, I totally, I totally get it for sure. I mean, they luck boxed into some short fields with Zeke. The one thing I will say is, so we talked about the offensive efficiency, and I totally agree. Like that's not necessarily. Bankable, sustainable, it's it's definitely more descriptive than predictive. On the other side, though, Arizona's defense is first in red zone efficiency. They are allowing, by far, surprisingly, which doesn't really match the eye test, the lowest touchdown per red zone rate in the league. They lost Chandler Jones. So I just feel like maybe that regression monster is going to come and bite them up a little bit, where maybe the market's a little bit lower on you know, their defense or a little higher in their defense than it should be, especially without Chandler Jones, who, like you said, because they got up so early, they were still able to get pressure. They really didn't have to really face that demon without him. And I think that starts to show up here against Russ, who's obviously way more dynamic in the pocket than uh, Andy Dalton, who's definitely a little bit rusty. And um, I don't necessarily like the game total, but I absolutely love the Seahawks over 27 and a half. I'm mean, sorry, 29 and a half, which is available on DraftKings right now. Um, I don't know about the three and a half per se, but uh, the team total on the, the Seahawks is, is definitely a play for me. Connor, what are your thoughts here?
1: Yeah. I mean, pretty much, pretty much most of the same. I mean, they've, they've scored 30 or more in all, but one game where they played against the Vikings and they only scored 27, you know, only in, in quotes. Um, I mean, and they, and the Vikings did a really good job. I thought of like shading over the top. Like they always had help over the top and like, they weren't allowing those big plays on the play action. Um, and so, like that game, I thought was you know a little disappointing for Seattle. They also only ran eighteen plays in the first half. Like they just weren't able to get going, you know. Was, and so it was
3: all second half points, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah. pretty much. Yep, yeah, yeah. exactly. So I, I really think that that was almost more of like a fluke rather than you know being something that's predictive. And against Arizona, while they've been you know pretty average defensively in most spots, um, you know I'm I'm buying Seattle. Like you said, I think if you can get them under thirty, I'm interested. If it's at thirty or more, I'm not touching it.
3: Let
2: me just uh one 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 morning here <laughs> Let's what hear would it. you got what would you guys have said about uh, Green Bay's team total last week
0: uh last week well i mean I, Tampa's defense is significantly different. I was on Tampa with the points there, but I get it i mean they were they came in with incredible efficiency is is that your point
2: yeah, right yeah they, I mean they, they were scoring 40 40 oh, yeah, they yeah, were no problem they go into yeah. the bye week and weirdly they come out and it's totally just, they didn't have the rhythm it was weird.
0: Yeah, no, it's a good point. Yeah, they were first in yards per drive, points per drive, drive success rate, everything going into that game for sure. I I do think, though, Apples and Oranges with Arizona's D versus Tampa's, though, for sure. So I yeah. I get your point. Silva mentioned in his matchup column, Cardinals have faced Jimmy G, Dwayne yeah. Haskins, Matthew Stafford, Teddy, Flacco, and Dalton.
2: Yeah, it's so, bad. It's bad. Yeah. yeah. No, no, yeah. If you just look at the raw numbers, they're clearly a top 10 defense this year. If you yes. adjust them for opponent, they're middle of the pack.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It'll be uh I think a fun one to watch. And thank God we got we got four late games this week. So <laughs> yeah, seven the, the, in the two, early the two and
3: late four. game thing. What the oh hell was that? God.
0: And one of them was a Jets game that <clears throat> was three points in the second half. Yeah. Totally nine and two. Bad. I can't even I have the eight screen with the direct I couldn't even get the Colts, you know, uh was it Colts Bengals last week. All of a sudden it's like yeah. it just started at 21 zip. I don't even have the game up on TV. What happens? Now we, can, now we can watch all the games. It's a beautiful thing. All right, next game, guys. Chiefs on the road against Denver. Kansas City, very healthy 9.5-point favorite here. Total is dipping a little bit. Uh, we're seeing it down to 46.5. Again, second leg of a back-to-back game for the Chiefs coming off a short week, Monday night in Buffalo. Uh, weather obviously sucked in that one. It might suck again here. It looks like early forecast is maybe calling for snow. Uh, definitely not a weatherman on a Wednesday night uh, in a state that I don't live in, but definitely want to keep an eye on that. So it could have something to do with why the total is dipping here a little bit. Uh, Typically snow is not necessarily impactful on the game. You're really only worried about sustained winds, but you never know to see what happens here. Broncos really destroyed the Pats uh, last week. It wasn't even close. Uh, They just kept settling for field goals. They couldn't score any touchdowns, but uh, these games were not close last season Denver scored a combined nine points in the two matchups. Uh, Andy, thoughts here? Can they shock the world? Shock the world? That it would
3: be it would be quite the shock. Yeah, that was uh, a game plan. And when we did talk about New England a bit ago, Drew and I, we can't make sense of this team. In fact, that was a game. Boy, we'll get that. I think that's the next game. Yeah. we're not going to have much to say on that yeah, we have not figured out it. that team. And, <laughs> and that's that's the beauty of this uh, this game <laughs> called sports betting. You don't have to bet on a game if you have no idea what you're doing. Hey, what and concept? that's such that, that's such a good game to absolutely skip. So, uh, yeah, that that was a surprise. I had New England in a teaser, and it was dead dead from Jump Street. Dead. And I said this to a couple of people. If you told me Denver never even sniffed the end zone, did not score a touchdown, would you lay the 7.5 with New England? Fuck. Let me go get one of them reverse mortgages from late-night TV. <laughs> I'm uh, back of the Brinks truck. I put it all in there. Yeah, it was, it was an ugly game. Uh, Cam looked weird. He had one really good drive where he looked good. It's like, oh, they're coming back. They're probably going to win. But with the the points, it was like, oh, they're going to win by one. I teased them to one and a half. So yeah. I hope they. I was, at that point, I'm like, God, I hope they lose. And then they did. I, I got there. So uh, this is this is a weird spot. Kansas City. You know, they had the game against Oakland where it's like, oh man, if if a team can do a few things right on offense, if they got some speedsters, they got some good receivers, they got a quarterback who's you know capable. And we just had this conversation drew's a little higher on him but i i would i would not disagree that Carr is a top 10 quarterback right now the way he's playing he's not making stupid mistakes anymore no oh, man my one of my earbuds is i'm gonna put the other one in we've been doing <laughs> doing too much uh too much content one of them's finally starting to run out of batteries <laughs> i yeah kansas city it's not the same like it' it's not the Oakland offense. like It's a bad defense. Kansas City's kind of a bad defense man. They are not looking like the the team that we saw last year who was coming together at the end of the year. They made their playoff run. They a few free agents made the difference in the secondary. Denver's not going to put up a ton of points in here. You can see the total. It's a little lower. It's funny to say 48's a low total now. <laughs> it kind of is. But yeah, the, it's it's not a play for me on this one. I'd probably lean Kansas City, but they've been known to... you know, Andy Reid's kind of been known to mail it in a little on the easier games. It, it's a tougher spot, though. You're traveling at altitude to Denver. It's not like Andy Reid's unfamiliar. Um, I, I have no interest in Denver in this one. I would probably... If I had to make a bet on this, I'd probably lay the points with k c in a in a nice spot for them to uh, Denver's defense has played a little better after the injuries but it's it's nowhere near where it needs to be to stop this offense they showed they they could even do it on the ground last, last week with hilaire having i shouldn't I, I shouldn't say Hilaire it's a silent age <laughs> but uh, great game
0: on the ground they seem to be doing that this year a little bit more taking the foot off their gas the gas a little bit even in neutral script situations they're Running a little bit more now we have Le'Veon Bell mixed in a little bit this week. Connor, any thoughts on this game?
1: I think I think we're going to see um, like probably a heavy dose of the running game from Denver against Kansas City's run defense. Um, I mean, 29th and run DVOA, twenty seventh and rushing success rate allowed. So I, I think that they're going to probably try and you know keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands, run the ball. Um, how long does that work? I have no idea. Um, I'm not laying the points at Denver. Um, I. I keep getting these weird vibes from Drew Locke, though. That like, you know, whenever I count him out, he always plays well, and that you know he just is—he's very like frisky. Like, you know, he just like he's always trying to keep his team in games, and he's playing—he's playing better than I thought. Maybe it's just some bias that I thought he wasn't a good prospect because you know he wasn't. But
0: uh, <laughs> I, I think that <laughs> pretty solid bias. He,
1: yeah, I—I <laughs> I mean, honestly, he's outplaying that. But I mean, even with with his weapons, I mean, I think Noah Fan is coming back though, so that's good. So. I just don't have a great read on this game, to be honest. I think that, you know, Kansas City at nine and a half is a little bit much, but that's probably the way I'd lean. I'm probably just not betting this game, and I'll see what the props come in at. Maybe take, you know, a few overs if we get some really low rushing props. But other than that, I'm not touching it.
0: What do you got, Drew?
2: So I didn't make any plays on this one. Uh, I can't bet on Kansas City unless they're, you know, short, unless they're short and they're going up against a team that you know they're going to be up for. Um, Motivation is a big problem with them at, at this point in this you know this they, in their arc as a team, um, and I don't know that you can count on them getting up and trying to throttle a team like the Broncos on the road. Um, that said, I'm going to be watching this game. I'm going to be praying for snow. Uh, number one because I love watching that, and number two, I think you could see a slow start to this one and get a nice uh, you know the total's already low. Uh, if there's you know low scoring force quarter, which there you know is typical of all football games, uh, and that total starts to drop. Um, that'll be a fun live over. And if Denver scores, if Denver comes out well playing well, and, um, you know, that sets up a situation where Kansas city goes into comeback mode, that's even better. Um, you know, you either way, I'm looking forward to the weather and, uh, watching this one and betting it live.
0: That's a good point. Yeah, definitely motivation. And I think that's a good call overarching with the the chiefs right now because, doesn't feel like a spot where they have to get up and uh, not going to have to do much to, to coast to a victory here. All right. I mean, we could skip it, but I mean, we'll talk about it just in case anyone has any angles. We have Niners on the road against the Patriots, uh, two and a half point favorite here at home for new England, seeing some 44s, 43s, Look aheads have this at five and a half, but obviously shitting down your proverbial leg on, uh, Kind of does that to a team and drop through some key numbers here, and then the Niners on the other side, obviously in in a prime time spot there, you know, winning at home as a dog. Um, I think Iverson was was wrong. I mean, practice matters at least <laughs> for the Pats. They we talked about it before. They were just they were terrible. They just uh,
3: that's they just well, that's what I'll talk about. Yeah, I'm not betting this game, but Tennessee practiced. Mark, by like anyone anyone who will listen to my conspiracy theory on this. They did. Like nobody looks that good if they don't practice for two weeks. They were bouncing from private school to private school to, I don't oh, know, yeah. fields. Yeah, they had to practice. They looked so good off that layoff. And yeah. then Patriots look like this. Yeah, I don't, it does, doesn't add up.
0: No, I, I think you're right for sure. Uh, this one's going to be interesting. Jimmy G coming home. Um, uh, Connor, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: I mean, I, I personally lean on, you know, New England here at one and a half. I know that you guys said you don't have too much of a good read on it. I, I mean, I, I totally get that. Um, I mean, since, since day one, though, I, I've been a believer in Cam Newton. I think that, you know, there's obviously been a, a few bumps in the road. But, it, I mean, to be honest, it just, I mean, it looked like they just hadn't practiced. Like, they hadn't practiced in, like, a week. And, like, their offense was rusty. They couldn't get anything going. Their runs were only getting, like, you know, two yards a play instead of, like, four or five, which just seemed like they were getting consistently in the past. Um so I mean now in this spot, even though the 49ers defense has been, you know, solid, I mean they're still missing a ton of key starters. Um and so I, I don't know. I, I think that this is just a good bounce back top in New England in general. Uh I'm not super like, you know, it's nothing like you know, one of my favorite plays, but it was something that I would consider betting, you know, especially if it if it starts climbing closer to like a pick 'em. I mean, right now we're seeing some twos, some one and a halves. I think we could end up seeing a little bit more action on the 49ers here. Um And then, you know, but anything under like two, I would consider betting for the Patriots here as as a team that, um, you know, I I believed in since, you know, they signed Cam Newton. I think, you know, Cam Newton's not fully washed. They just really, it really struggled last time. And um, I mean, their offensive line wasn't playing well. And I, I think this could be a good week for them to bounce back with a little bit more time to game plan and practice.
0: Are you going to show the guys your Cam tramp stamp? (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, because I, I, I can bet you on the real Patriots thing?
1: every every. No. No, no, <laughs> I bet on the Patriots every single game and still not lose enough money as I did as I won on the Patriots getting Cam and betting on them to get Cam. So you know what? It's it's okay. You know, I, I can bet on the Patriots every week and still still break even at least.
0: Keep pushing it towards Very the good. towards the center. Yeah, Andy, what are your thoughts here? Anything?
1: <laughs>
3: um, <clears throat> Jimmy G was still hurt. He was hurt two weeks ago. They pulled him. Game was out of hand. That's fine. Last week he was hurt. Shanny masterclass, playing him hurt and making it still effective the way they used him, the way the game plan worked. We've said this numerous times. He just has McVay's number. That was such a great game by him. That was the game we made the most money on last week because we had the Niners in the game Same. and the Rams second half. We middled it. It was sexy. I'm not even
0: sure the Rams should have got that.
3: The Rams probably should have been in it. So I yeah, bet. Fine I him. bet in
0: minus three as a look ahead and tried to get no. corner on it. So <laughs> I was like, like, all right, now I'm getting three and a half. Like, all right, might as well keep going. So take a little more. Well. Yeah. Yep. No. So I, I'm I'm happy
3: with the the Niners coaching, but uh, you're not going to be. Putting together, uh, you know, you're not going to outsmart Bill. It's one thing to outsmart the the guy up there uh, in McVeigh. You're not outsmarting Bill. I'm not interested in either side in this because Jimmy G is still hurt the the Niners have a lot going for them, the Patriots I can't figure out, but with the injuries and everything I'm probably these are games that uh, like I said better there's better games to bet on and uh, this is one where there's so many different factors you're trying to tie in and I just don't know when you put them all in the pot what the recipe comes out with.
0: Yeah. I mean, with the totals we're seeing nowadays, it's really hard to take an under at this number. But, I mean, these both, the both of these teams want to run the ball. They're so run heavy. Uh, you know, the Pats don't really have anyone to throw to. They lean on Cam. You know, even with Mostert out and maybe, at, you know, half of McKinnon, like they'll still have Jeff Wilson and Jamichael Hasty. Like they'll find ways to run the football. They'll give end arounds to their, you know, receivers. Like I just feel like there's not going to be a lot of points, Drew. Any leans on this one?
2: I really can't figure out who the Patriots are and how the rate, how to rate them, how they match up. It's so tough. Um, I agree that I want to ascribe the of the lackluster performance last week to um, you know the disruption to their schedule and their practice and their planning. Um, and I don't think you can really adjust the Niners up from last week. That was again kind of expected. You know they play well against the Rams. They they have the right matchups there and. Um, That was a great by low spot for the Niners last week. Um, So if this, you know, this huge adjustment that you're seeing is apparently because the Patriots, you know, we either think, oh, they're not as good as we thought, or it's going to take another week before they're back to their, you know, their old selves. Um, Either way, I, I just don't have a solid read on the Patriots at all right now. Um, don't know what I'm going to do next week either when they play the bills that's a really important game you know I'm going to want to watch that one and pay attention because it's going to mean a lot for the fabric of that division yep. um, but uh, I just i can't I can't get my head wrapped around this team right now I don't know what they're doing
0: I don't think they do either. and this is part of that extended preseason piece and you know Damien Harris came back and they're trying to incorporate him though he only really appears as far as props go to be a thing when the Pats are cruising like he's just really not involved in the passing game like we thought he might be in the preseason not super involved in the red zone uh, James White two games with Cam Newton has a 20% 26% target share which I think is pretty notable um his prop numbers are probably going to be a little light it's not super sexy but like receptions will probably be four and a half or something like that. He's eight balls and nine balls in the two games with Cam. They just, they have to use him. And I don't think they're going to really try to run right down San Fran's throat. I think they just incorporate James White a lot in the short passing game. And he probably becomes a pretty massive focal point in this game. So be looking for those numbers for sure when they pop. All right. uh, Next Jacksonville on the road against the chargers chargers, seven and a half point favorites at home. Real healthy total here, 49 and forty nine and a half. Um, debut of Justin Herberts. Drew, you're gonna help me out. You're, you know, you're an East Coast guy. That's a bear. This, this should be? That's a that's a French last He's name. not Cajun. <laughs> well, it could be French though too. You know, it doesn't have, you know not like Bobby necessarily, but you know, I don't know. I'm a New Englander. That's a bear where I'm from. But uh, I'll keep calling him Justin Herbert for everyone. Uh, Connor, I Connor thinks so I'm a moron, but. Um, I, I actually heard
1: this take on like a oh, barstool wow. podcast, and, yeah, and it to, awesome. uh, I I know I, I I like clicked on the Twitter video. I pitched it to Silva and Daigle, and they thought it was hilarious because it was like Air Bear is uh, you know playing in New Orleans, so you can't bet against him. You know you have <laughs> to bet on him and cash. I mean that's that's straight up a money take. So they I'm should have Dolby won that today.
2: game. <laughs> yeah, they really should have won.
0: <sighs> yeah, Drew. What are your thoughts on this game?
2: I took a, a piece of the under here at forty nine and a half. I think the Jaguars' offense is a huge problem against a bad defense, and I think the um, Chargers' defense is legitimately top 10. So this sets up well for the Chargers to dictate by defense. Uh, I don't hate laying the points with the Chargers, but I also don't love laying the points with a rookie quarterback. Uh, that said, you know, two weeks to prepare. They should have him ready to go. Uh fully, you know, they're starting to get healthy as a team. The Chargers are one of the better one and four teams in the league. I they're the best one and four team in the league. They're one of the better one in four teams I've seen in a while. Um, you know, clearly middle of the road offense so far to this point in the season and top ten defense. So um don't hate the Chargers as a teaser leg, but I do like the under. I think this comes in somewhere like twenty-seven ten.
0: Yep. I bet the under in this one too. Um uh... Even if Jacksonville keeps it close, they, their offense has been, I think, a little bit unsustainably efficient, at least early in the season. Like now we were starting to see a little bit more who they are, and they play slow. Um, and we know historically the Chargers are playing up in pace a little bit this year, but they're still kind of a slow – they like to run it when they get up here uh, regardless of, of the situation. So, any thoughts here? Yeah,
3: they what they put up last week um... – 14, 16? I'm trying to think what the final Against a really
0: bad Lions team at home. Yeah, yeah. Six,
3: 16 points against a bad Lions team at home. Now they uh, travel against a rested team, much better defense. Like Jaguars team total under anybody? I could I could get on something yeah. like that. Um, and same thing. It, it's, it's like, oh, man, I don't want to lay points, all these points with a rookie quarterback, but... It's like, uh, I mean, there's. What if it's the Jets or the Jags? Like, then maybe it's okay. Maybe maybe you're fine with it. Another good teaser leg at seven and a half. It fits into the math stuff. I like it there. Um, if I had to bet a side, I I'd, I'd lay seven and a half. I'd lay. Eight. I'd lay whatever before I took Jaguars. I think uh, I think there's going to be an appetite for Jacksonville still. Like people just looking at the records and they say, well, Minshew, you know, he had that good game. They got to win. He's kind of exciting. Like I can see public money still coming in on Jacksonville if this ever get anytime this if it bounced to. Seven. That's going to get gobbled up so fast and so hard. So I'm not like excited to wait for that. But if it did, I would I'd take that in a heartbeat and add that for a full amount. So uh, yeah, Jacksonville under or excuse me, Chargers under Jacksonville team total under. I think I think Herbert uh, Hair Bear. He's okay. <laughs> like he's perfectly perfectly serviceable at this point in his career. And they have some. You know, they have some decent weapons on there. It sucks about Eckler. Because yeah. I'm glad they made the choice with Eckler over the, you know, your guy that you would had to pay a lot more. Like this is, uh, probably and he's a better receiver too. So that injury sucks. That could be a few more weeks yet, or even longer. But still, better defense, better offense, and Minshew's overrated as hell.
0: Yeah, Connor, thoughts here. Um, I want to hear your thoughts too on on James Robinson. I know we've been talking about him a lot in the prop market because. He's been really the focal point, but lately it seems to be really no rhyme or reason for their usage with him in the passing game. Like he's just, he's, I think, catching an unsustainable amount of balls given the number of routes that he's running. We're seeing a little bit more Chris Thompson at times, but I know we've been on like, you know, two and a half, three and a half receptions here and there. Um, Thoughts on this game and, and then any props to jump out?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, the most notable is, like, so you 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 make a great chart every week, you know, with, like, the defensive, um, you know, like, uh, how they rank in each metric. So at the bottom left corner here of the rankings, we have Jacksonville <laughs> uh, with DVOA. Very yard, bright red. Yards for drive allowed and, yeah, points for drive allowed. They're dead last in every single one. Um, and then, you know, that's highlighted by a dead last in passing defense DVOA passing success rate and defensive line adjusted sack rate. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, I think, I think you guys are right. Like Herbert, you know, while he may not be, you know, finished product, he's played well enough to think that he's going to take advantage of a bad Jacksonville defense and that, you know, Jacksonville, while Minshew has played, you know, I mean he's a very volatile player, but I mean the most most of the reason he gets so much public love is because he's like a He's like a borderline, like cult hero. Like you know, people just love the mustache and they love the vibe and like everything around Man. him and want to bet on him. Yeah, the headband exactly. Like George,
3: yeah, he's, a cool, he's a cool. Like I want to get drunk with him. Exactly, I want like, to party with cool him. like dude. I want to yeah. go to his bachelor party. Like he, he's a fun dude. Yeah, it's, it's it's hard to hate on him, but yeah, yeah he's, but and, he's not and their good. pass rush. Like yeah. their best pass rusher plays for Minnesota. you know it's they kind of sold out on a lot of that that roster that was good a couple years ago
1: oh yeah i mean yeah so exactly i mean that's that's pretty much i don't don't have too much more to add and i mean james robinson he's not in the best spot here um i mean the pass catching props are interesting but this chargers defense i think something worth noting though actually so on the Chargers side you know i would be interested in herbert props because of the matchup But I think that there's actually a decent chance that the the Chargers try and just like run the ball, like with Joshua Kelly and um, Justin Jackson, like just like really just try and force the issue. Um, And even though that's not maybe the most efficient way to attack this like Jacksonville defense, like the Chargers don't clearly don't care about analytics um, or or anything, you know, remotely like that. So in this spot, like I could totally see them just riding that, especially if they get an early lead. So I'm probably more looking towards those kinds of props rather than like any passing props.
0: I'm going to hammer Keenan Allen props, uh, whatever they're at. Um, are you? Yeah. yeah. I I don't know what the number is. I think it's like a 42% target share with Herbert under center. It's 31 and a half on the season, yeah. which is outstanding. But like Herbert is just locking in on him. Even if they get up big, I still think there's a path for Keenan Allen, who I think it was just back spasm. So I think he's set to go for this one. But I mean, I just don't see a spot where he's not getting 10 targets, pretty efficient targets against what you outlined is a pretty terrible Jacksonville defense. So um, DJ shark is a little less exciting. Me 14 targets last week it was great. He parlayed that into 45 yards, a um, little less exciting again, worse matchup here against the chargers, but uh, Keenan Allen for sure will be one of the first ones I look to when props start to pop out uh, tomorrow and Friday. All right. Next one is going to be interesting. Tampa Bay on the road against the Raiders um, three in most spots now at Tampa Bay. Road favorites here. 53 is the total. A big win for the Bucks last week, as we talked about earlier. Now traveling to Vegas to face the Raiders for the Gruden Bowl, I guess. Uh, Raiders fresh off of a week six bye. aheads have this at Tampa, minus two and a half. I'm not surprised to move. I did get on two and a half. I think you're seeing some three and a half, even in books now, too. A um, couple of fun tidbits on the Bucks D. Uh, according to Football Outsiders, Tampa's D is roughly 10% better than the next closest D in the league according to their DVOA metric. Um, it actually ranks among the top 20 defenses ever measured by the sites through the first six games of the season. That dates back to
2: 1985. What wow. is a pr-
0: pretty, pretty solid uh, stance on the Tampa Bay defense there. And they are only the second team in the last 20 years to have 10-plus takeaways, 20-plus sacks, and allow fewer than 70 rushing yards per game through the first six. The only other team to do that was the – 2008 Super Bowl winning Pittsburgh Steelers. So they're pretty legit. There's a lot of talent on uh, the secondary. this talent up front, even though they lost Vita Vea. Like those linebackers are running all over the field making plays. Like they were a.
2: Those statistics that you laid out, and I don't, nothing against football outsiders, but this is, that's overrated. They're going to regress. There's, there are, these guys are fine. They're good. They're your top 100. five in the NFL. <laughs> I bet. I bet on the Raiders in this spot because I feel like, in general, uh, if you can give Derek Carr a clean pocket, uh, you can challenge the Buccaneers with your speedy wide receivers. We saw Justin Herbert and the Chargers do it. Um, they hit him over the top twice. It was uh, if it's you know the Buccaneers' uh, cornerbacks are young, they're aggressive, they play close to the line of scrimmage. And speed can absolutely counter that. So I think, you know, my opinion was before the Trent Brown news, uh, those Raiders are going to score points. And meanwhile, Tom Brady and the Bucks have not inspired me at all so far this season. They're putting reports up on the board for the other team. Uh, and there's really a l- lacking chemistry uh, with those unbelievable weapons he has. Um, so before the offensive line got sent home today for <laughs> COVID precautions, uh, I was, uh, Pretty pretty uh, bullish on the Raiders now. I wish I could be, you know be out of that and want nothing to do with this game. Um, I'm hoping it gets canceled, not for the entertainment part of things, but just to void my bet. Um, it looks like uh, one one of those books you have up there took it down. Is that bet bet MGM? Uh, the ten and a half is usually a sign that the, yeah that the yeah main, that is,
1: that the main uh, line is yep, down yep GM. yeah the the main line is down they're look, floating a ten and a half here. Um, I mean, you brought up a good question though that one of our listeners was asking too, like, you know, what um are these guys going to miss the game? You know, how is this going to impact the line? I don't really yeah, know. Br-
3: Brown but, Brown for sure is. I yeah. mean, he yeah. he got popped like he's positive. Yeah. It's Wednesday. He doesn't have enough time to get the yeah. two. Two clearance tests to get in. Unless he's got uh, Nick
0: Saban's doctor. Yeah, <laughs> but that was, that was apparently weird. a false
3: Solid. positive. Yeah, yeah, false positive. But uh, <laughs> and you know what? I took I took Alabama in that game. God bless them. If uh, it wasn't looking great, if we see other guys get popped at this point with positives, like there's no chance they're playing. And at a certain point, this game probably does get canceled. Right now it's just a contact tracing thing where he was if he's gonna be around anyone, he's gonna be around the other linemen more. If they're doing early week, you know, positional drills or meetings. That's why I think they sent just the linemen home because he was around them the most. But it's not good like that your whole starting offensive line went home and didn't practice today, so I hope they do play this game because I have some Tampa minus three at a decent price. And, yeah, you're missing uh, a starting tackle for your offensive line against a tough defense. So it'll be interesting. I I said this to Drew earlier. I think it's like 50-50 they play this game. And kind of to close on this, if they don't play this game, this is the start of Week 18. Because this team has already had their bye. You can't move them into their bye later in the season. This is going to start to happen. I think for sure we're going to have week 18, if not a week 19, because eventually you don't have teams that have a bye later in the year anymore, and you're going to have to start to move them into an extra week. So it'll be very, this is is where the rubber meets the road for the NFL scheduling.
0: It was smooth sailing for three weeks, but we knew (laughs) it wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to last. Probably makes sense to, to move into there. Connor, any thoughts here? I mean, Drew makes some good points. I mean, I know we've been surprised about how efficient the Raiders offense has played. Second in yards per drive, fourth in points per drive. They were very aggressive downfield against the Chiefs the last time we saw them out. And, uh, you know, effective in doing so, too. Henry Ruggs coming back adds a different layer. So, I understand Drew's side here. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, Henry Ruggs just adds, like, another layer to their offense. Everyone hates on Derek Carr for not really being able to, like, push it downfield. But, I mean, the reality is he just hasn't had that many downfield weapons, and now he has Henry Ruggs, who's, I mean, not only a speedster, but obviously, you know, showed ability in jump ball and is like, you know, been able to run routes over the middle as well. Um, so I think that he, you know, the great addition, and when he's healthy, that's obviously a big addition for the Raiders. I mean, the, the offensive line concerns is now, you know, I mean, maybe this game gets played, maybe it doesn't, but assuming it gets played and, you know, they're only out, uh, Trent Brown. I think, I think the issue is, like, you know, Drew said is probably keeping them clean. I mean, Tampa Bay has looked so good in so many different metrics. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, taking too much into consideration the last game against green Bay, because I mean, I think green Bay almost like essentially gifted them 14 points. And then, you know, Tampa Bay was able to kind of keep that game um, just like really like, I mean, they just frustrated Rodgers. Rogers. They kind of basically um, rattled him and like the game was over from there. As soon as I got another stop uh, in this spot, Um, just my biggest issue with the Raiders in general is that we can see them. They have the ability to beat anyone. They also have the ability to just get like lose by 16, New England, lose by seven to Buffalo. And then they also have the ability to beat the Kansas city chiefs. Like, what are we going to see from this Raiders team this week? I don't know. Um, personally, I think the Tampa Bay does a good job shutting them down. I I mean, but the reality is I'm not confident in it. So, I mean, I would probably lean Tampa at minus three, but you know, at three and a half, I I don't know. I'm probably
3: not touching it. Yeah, who knows? I found a Tampa minus two and a half just now, but it turns out it's
1: the live. Well, that's the live line on the Rays. Uh. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh,
3: I might be live betting totals in that. Uh,
0: (laughs) Uh, Small sample size theater here, obviously, just three Uh, games. But uh, when Chris Godwin's been in the lineup, we've seen very little. Mike Evans, ten targets, fourteen receiving yards. Again, uh, three games, but. Not necessarily the dynamic offense that we saw last year with Jameis degaffing down the fields constantly. Uh, definitely a different vibe here with uh, with Brady Intel. All right, Monday Night Football, Bears on the road against the Rams. Uh, Rams six point favorites here at home. Some six and a halfs out there. Totals dropped as well, forty five or so. Um, I jumped in early on the Rams at five and a half. Going to continue to short all things Chicago Bears. Um, you know, five and one somehow. I mean, 14th overall in DVOA. I think football outside or uh, ESPN's football power index has them 18th. Like, they're, they're not a good football team necessarily. Uh, beat the Lions without Galladay. Saquon went down early in that Giants game. No Julio when they played Atlanta. Uh, beat Tampa without Godwin. And then last week, Carolina, who's, uh, you know, they did well. No McCaffrey. They've obviously done well without McCaffrey. But I think this probably gets to seven by Monday. Drew, what are your thoughts?
2: I played the Rams at five and a half. This is my first um, market, realist, real market win of the week. So (laughs) I'm one for like seven or something. (laughs) Um, too shabby. Yeah. Yeah.
0: This is the tough part of it, getting early.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's uh, not everything has gone with me this week, but uh, this one is, so that's great. Um, I don't think the Bears are capable of going score for score with the Rams. I think the Rams uh, were in a terrible spot last weekend. Uh, and even still, they were competing and they probably, you know, that game gets decided at the, in the, in the waiting moments if Cooper Cup makes catches. Um, so it's unfair to realistically change your rating on the Rams by too much. And um, now, you know, they. this is, you know, second week in road on the road for the Bears. Um, Nick Foles, you know, only capable of, you know, certain aspects in uh, of running an offense and Bears running, you know, running attack is is uh, you know is embarrassing. So Rams um, should be able to dictate this one from whistle to whistle. I like them a lot this week at uh, five and a half, but six. I'll come at six too. I think this should be seven.
0: I agree. Yeah, Andy, what are your thoughts here? But
3: mild agreement. But I'm like a Bears defense truther. Um, Bears have. A very good defense that people just don't want to talk about because we had like the fluky win with the late heroics against, you know, fourth string cornerbacks in Detroit with Trubisky and, you know, some some goofy results for the Bears, honestly. It's not a good team, but this defense is really good and it's getting better. And I think we've seen that it's just nobody wants to talk about that. We want to bring up like, oh, Mitch got benched. And now we got Big Dick Dick. and like the, everyone's talking about a quarterback situation that barely matters. When they should be talking about how the defense is getting close back to two thousand eight levels without. Without the benefit of like crazy turnover, man, they had turnover luck two years ago. That was that was nuts, and pretty much drove that team into the the playoffs. Like they they ended up uh, what lost to the Eagles on the double doink. Yeah, great defense, horrible offense. I don't think Foles is an upgrade. I don't think is the answer. Like going back to him, it's whatever. It's a wash. So I bet this under at forty five. I missed the best of the number. I'm pissed about it. I, I don't know why I was gun shy or lazy. Just got busy. Um, I'm still fine with this at 45. I, I think yeah, probably you're right on the on the Rams like they have a decent offense. I don't think they're gonna like rack up 28 points. It's still a good defense, but the Bears offense is it's just not good and this is this is a tough spot for them here. So, and yeah, another, this is, Nagy's a guy we liked right away, but probably a coaching mismatch, Uh, just shit on McVeigh a little because Shani gave him the business, but I think it's a mismatch here for them. So, yeah, probably, probably Rams win by about a touchdown and stays under, but I like the under a little better, or Bears team total under for that matter.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I mean, Connor, we've talked about this a few times, like really surprised at how the Bears have performed. I mean, they're you know excellent against the past so far uh, indisputable 27th in, in pressure rate they're not getting pressure which obviously they those things are usually married together the fact that they're performing this well without getting a lot of pressure it's like are they, do they start to get more pressure or is this a little bit of a bubble that's going to burst at some point and uh the run d's been solid but they've given up the highest rate of explosive runs in the league so like that second level, third level yards when you <clears throat> crack them, um, they've given up some big plays. So um, thoughts on the Bears or thoughts on this game?
1: Yeah, and, I mean, I know we talk about them being like the most overrated five and one team, maybe like in the recent years of NFL. Um, but the issue is that I think that like the market is smarter than like the normal media, right? So like the normal media talks about how like they're super overrated at five and one, which they are. You know, like they're not a five and one team. They're not a team that's going to win you know, 12, 13 games, but the market here, like at six points, I think you guys are right. I think it's probably a seven point game, but like at six, I mean, it's close. It's a lot closer than what people are normally talking about. Um, And so for this one, like, I mean, you, you said it well in terms of their metrics. I mean, Chicago's defense is very good, um, or at least has been in terms of the metrics. The Rams defense has been particularly bad at uh, uh, defending the run 28th in adjusted line yards, 23rd DBOA. The issue is, I mean, like, are the Bears really gonna take advantage of that with David Montgomery? No. Like, you know, it's not like not that they're gonna be running Derrick Henry or Ezekiel Elliott or like, you know, something in front of like a great offensive line. That's just not It's not how they're gonna attack it. So I just don't think that really matters in this game. Um, probably lean under, probably lean towards the Rams at six and anything under seven. Um, but I I do think that the market is doing a better job of I mean, with people shaping the market, you know. Um Towards getting towards the right number with the Bears, even though they are five and one and they're, they're, they're ignoring that, which is, you know, interesting. And I think makes a lot of sense because, you know, NFL sides market is one of the sharpest markets in all of sports. So, um, I, I do think that this is close and that probably in the coming weeks, you know, that's why I I like the Saints at three points, you know, because by the time that gets around to next week, if the Rams win big here, I mean, that's going to be like way more. I mean, that's going to be, you know, maybe double that. So.
2: I think it's especially valuable because the Rams and the Saints are going to get it done against the Bears in the same way, right? Like the Bears have a solid coverage, like down like eleven to twenty yards down the field. Like Fuller is is a badass. Jalen Johnson, they hit on that pick. He is he is good. And uh, Eddie Jackson, incredible safety, right? So they they, you know and Taeshawn Gibson is solid too. So they they just have a basic you know their basic coverage is solid down the field, but Rams are going to set up, you know, much more dynamic plays that, you know, get, the, get the ball out quick, uh, short intermediate targets, you know, set up nice yards after catch. All of that will play well, force the bears into, you know, disciplined play tackling balls. things That's like fine. that. And um, yeah, I think, uh, I think saints are going to do it the same way. So um, whatever, however you see this game play out, it's going to be uh, a, a rerun up. next week.
0: Yep,
3: and, I, and to 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 Connor's point too about the pressure rates, like I think probably that does get a little better with Quinn and Mac banged up to start the season. I'm actually surprised, like and somehow they're five and one still. Yeah. Like uh, everything against him, like your best two pass, you know they have a bunch of good decent players up up front in the front seven. But Quinn and Mac banged up right away, and hopefully that pressure rate starts to take up again. We don't talk about Khalil Mack like we used to. He was in every week, you know. This guy's a freak. Oh, they took advantage of the Raiders. And now it's like uh, t- he's not coming up at all.
0: We've talked a lot about look aheads tonight, and Drew's talked about having maybe not been on the right side of the number. You know, I put out a, a look ahead piece every week comes out on Friday. And really it's kind of what we're, I'm talking about is you really are almost, it's almost like a parlay in a sense. It's almost like a two team parlay because you're, you're essentially trying to yeah. leverage this week. If I'm right this week, I'm going to be really right on this number next week. And sometimes you lose. Like I said, I, I thought that I thought that Miami would not be a problem going to San Francisco. So I'm thinking, Hey, I know that the Rams are going to be in trouble against San Francisco. I love the three. It moves an entire six and a half points the other way, and I'm wrong, but I still ended up being right in the end. So I got lucky there. I lost the best of the number for sure, but it's going to happen sometimes. So it's almost like if you're able to leverage being right this week, you know Drew's made a lot of good points. He's just been on the wrong side of a few numbers this week. But more times than not, his edge is going to work in his favor, and he's going to beat closing line value because we talked about how sharp closing lines are in the NFL. It's really hard to beat. So look-aheads are the way to go. At times, if you really have, feel like you've got an edge there, I think they're worth taking a look at. Uh, last game, we always bury the Thursday night game because in case we're wrong and we're awful, it doesn't start the show. So we just shove it at the end. <laughs> you know, if you hang out with us for an hour and a half, then here you are. You get to talk and listen to us talk about the Giants and the Eagles. Um, injuries of the story here. Eagles of the public lean. Drew, thoughts on this one?
2: Yeah, uh, I'm with the public on this one. Joe Judge and company, not my guys. Jason Garrett. (laughs) What what year is he
3: in in his coaching careers? He's a
2: rookie head coach, and this is a short week. And I don't think he's got he had the foresight to come up with a game plan ahead of time that he could implement on a short week. And on top of that, uh, I like what Philly's getting back from um, you know weapons standpoint. DJX taking the field. you know, Lane Johnson's going to go. This is a uh, this is a nice spot for Philly to bounce back and seize control of the NFC least.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a gross one. Andy, any thoughts here?
3: Yeah, this is this uh, all these NFC like. Uh, um, God, I'm trying to think who puts this out. I'm going to check. It's in my bookmarks. Mike Clay. Mike Clay, NFL. Everybody knows him. He put out his uh, NFL rest of the season strength of schedule thing, and I'm like, oh man, all these NFC East teams have a pretty easy strength of schedule. That's <laughs> well, because they play each other. Like they
0: play each other a
3: bunch. That's why. So yeah, Philly, Philly actually, according to Mike Clay, again, this is uh, this is Philly does have the second easiest schedule remaining behind Cleveland. Um, but this is and this is where it starts, I guess. Yeah, Joe Judge. Or rookie head coaches or inexperienced head coaches early on in their career have trouble on shorter weeks like this. It's it's harder to prep a team for anybody, and they just have less experience doing that. You know, granted, he was with a great organization before this, and I'm sure he's had plenty of experience getting a team prepped on short weeks, as everybody does play Thursday Thursday night games. I still, as much as we kind of shat on Doug over the Ever since the Super Bowl, we thought he's kind of gone downhill as a decision maker. He's got the coaching advantage here. Wince, Wince is playing good. Like, Wince is a wild card. He's a scrambler. He's like Russ Wilson light where you think he's sacked and he pops out of it and then he he can make some throws. Deshaun probably back. Lane's back. Like, the, the injury news was bad early in the week, and now it's good. It's been a weird market. You know, we're sitting on Philly. I'm I'm sitting on a Philly at a bad number. I got five what, five and a half, Drew? What do we bet?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I yeah almost five, and a, five and a half.
3: It went down and and it came down. So it's it did uh it did suck to watch this roller coaster line, but I'm I'm like strangely fine with it because I do believe uh you know that this is gonna be a much tougher matchup than against the, the Washington football team, which was such a such a goofy game. Like they oh, just yeah. gave you know, he gave them a win at the end. It's and which I'm glad. Like, nobody, that game, you know, sometimes you'll have a game and be like, oh, God, this game deserved overtime. Like, that was not the game that deserved overtime. Like, I'm, I'm glad he went for two. So, I'm, I'm not high on New York. They had some bad injury news, too. Uh, they lost a the receiver to, during the game. I think he got, like, stretchered off. Uh, the linebacker, I think it's the guy that actually returned the touchdown, the winning touchdown. He's hurt. So, but it's James Bradbury and nobody else. Like, the, yeah. that team sucks.
0: Yeah, yeah, Hightower dropped what probably was a 70-yard touchdown. Uh, Miles Sanders dropped a touchdown probably like a 30-yard or so. Um, If they score those two touchdowns, you throw Wentz an extra 100 yards and two scores, this one's definitely probably already sitting at seven. So, again, you maybe lost the best of the number, but you're probably okay still where you're at. Uh, I think you're right there. Connor, anything on this one?
1: Not too much on the side. Um, I mean, I would lean Giants team total under 20-and-a-half. But uh, then again, Philly has allowed 20 or more in every single game. So, I mean, what are you going to get? You know, a, a terrible offense against a defense that has been allowing right about that number, if not more. So, I mean, I'm probably off that, even though I would still lean towards the under. My biggest plays, uh, I took Boston Scott over three and a half receptions at plus 118 and over 71 and a half rushing and receiving yards at minus 112. Miles Sanders isn't playing. Um, he started or played in four five games without Miles Sanders He's had more than four four or more receptions in four of those five games. And, you know, week one was obviously a disappointment in terms of, like, the total yards. But just in general, like, he saw four targets after Miles Sanders left last week. And I think that, you know, the week one uh, low target total was kind of an aberration here. So I'm expecting that to go over and him to be utilized against a Giants team that's allowing just a ton of yards to opposing backs. So – um, we, have, we have Scott projected for 3.7 receptions and nearly 85 combined yards. I mean, well over both those totals and then plus 118 for the receptions. I think it's worth taking uh, a shot at the over. So those are those are my you know, favorite plays so far. And then if Sterling Shepard is out, um, bang some Darius Slayton totals or uh, props. Uh, if he's in, then you know, don't touch him.
0: All right. Well, that wraps us up. Uh, before we go, I got a fishy teaser for you guys. I need you to poke a hole in this bad boy for me. Uh, Andy, your first time riding this rodeo. Um, I just need you to tell me where it goes wrong. So we got a five-teamer. Whoa! Uh, oh, oh,
3: five teams right it now, like, those- if,
2: <laughs> if, we could,
0: if we had fancy we logos, got them on the it screen. would say yeah. the Fishy these of the Week. We do this on purpose. Um, again, be responsible, folks. <laughs> but, uh, we're, you know, we're trying to manipulate through key numbers here. So five-teamers getting plus 250 here. Uh, Bills on the road, minus 6.5. The Packers, typically we don't want to tease through the zero, but we get through a nice little 3.5 on the other side there. Uh, Pittsburgh getting the best of the number there on the other side at 8.5. Uh, the Chargers basically down to a pick'em against Jacksonville. And then the Rams uh, basically a pick'em as well, getting that plus 1, Andy. So uh, where does this go wrong?
3: Yeah, I mean teasing through zero, that's where it goes wrong. Probably <laughs> not. That. I mean we, we like, we like I mistake. like the you know, I like the Packers and God there is something to be said to get getting both threes, I guess. And we did we did talk about the three earlier on our podcast, Oh, so it's it's starting to become less uh less of a thing, but man, Steelers plus eight and a half feels real good. Chargers basically a pick um, you lose that on a that would be the way to lo- lose this the Chargers uh, tie. <laughs> that would be something. I the probably yeah the the one I probably would hate the most is if I had to pick a loser, probably would be Packers. Like what what if they're just broken, man? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, we talked about that a little. Like what was it an aberration where they they just come out hot? But no, I think this is easily. Probably, probably don't even need to tease these lines. It's just maybe uh, play, <laughs> play, like, play this as a five, play as a play as a five team like. uh, parlay anyway. It tastes better.
0: Uh, all right, Drew. Anywhere does it uh, blow up, or do I need to reverse mortgage to parlay this bad boy?
2: <laughs> uh, I'm gonna agree with Andy. It's Packers, and okay. it's because of the way the Packers lose. The Packers gonna, don't lose. If close. They
3: lose. It ain't gonna be close.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's and no, that's a good point. You know, they the you know you want to get sophisticated. There's a distribution of outcomes, and the Packers always have a long tail to lose. And it's because when they are down more than two scores, Aaron Rodgers is not going to um, make the risky passes because he's protecting his statistics, probably. And uh, their rush defense is brutal, so teams can pretty comfortably put away um, a lead uh, and, in fact, pad the score scoreline. Um, you know, not unlike what we saw with the Bucks. Not saying the Texans can do that, but yep. uh, if the Texans process, win, then. I don't think it's a three-pointer.
0: Conrad, I don't care where your thoughts are on this one.
1: What the? Okay, <laughs> uh, I, I had the best the best take here. So, Freddie, you're you're going into Monday night, and um, the Bears are driving down the field, and you get a double doink, but it goes in. You know, it goes it goes uh, off the upright, off the bottom, and then in. And the Bears win by three points. And and now you're, you're hold-
0: holding the bag on your your Saints line next week.
1: Yeah, that, that's true, too.
0: All right. Well, you know what? You know, it's worth, it's worth busting the fishy teaser for. It's worth busting it. So it's fishy for a reason. So <laughs> like to have fun with those. Uh, uh. Bet has not been placed yet, but definitely was uh, one worth looking at. But uh, Andy and Drew, really, really appreciate it. Again, I cannot speak uh, highly enough about the deep dive. If you're a 4 for 4 listener, you need to check it out, guys. Um, and I know you're doing some other stuff, too. So, uh, Drew... And then Andy, uh, let us know where the listeners can find your stuff.
2: Well, th- check out uh, my Twitter, at whale underscore capper. I try to do a pretty diligent job of retweeting all of the stuff. You can find my content, but uh, uh, on v nowadays, um, writing and video for them, which is cool. Uh, doing some stuff for NBC Sports, Roto World, which is phenomenally fun and cool. Never thought that I would, uh, you know, never thought that they would break through to that level for someone who's doing this is obvious, but here we are.
3: Hobbyists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, definitely check out the Deep Dive Pod uh, handle. We post some stuff on there. We're going to try to make that more, stay more active on there. There's, like, times I don't check in on that for a week, and I feel bad. But, uh yeah, the Deep Dive Pod will have all the podcasts. We retweet all the stuff we do, and we'll do other random stuff, too. I just did uh a FanDuel podcast the other day. I've done some golf stuff over the past few weeks here. It's a lot of fun. And then... uh I do uh, I do something with Pinnacle every Monday where we do some early line stuff too. So and same thing at Andy MSFW my Twitter. I'm gonna I'm gonna retweet anything I'm doing too. You'll find but, it on there.
0: Yeah, the deep dive schedule matrix is a bookmark for me every year. As soon as that bad boy comes out, that is a uh, must must have that Drew puts out there. That is just.
2: I, it it's amazing,
0: it's awesome. So I definitely
3: recommend that stuff. Yeah, I have I have them on my computer, They're on the hard drive and the cloud. Yeah, it's
2: not case. it's not all actionable information, but boy, does it help in terms of like getting you a head start in terms of what situations are at play in given week because you don't want to miss one and you know. That we we joked a that we joked
3: about it. You made yep. that beautiful schedule matrix. And now, oh, I know
2: they've yeah. shifted
3: the schedule around. On our, oh,
2: I
0: know. <laughs>
3: Thanks, Roger. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, it's definitely it's it's tough at this point, but uh, it still helps a little bit. I know what's shifted, and like, all right, so most of it's more. most of it's still good. Most of it's still good. So, all right, well, that wraps us up for week seven. So for Andy and Drew and Connor, I'm Ryan. And we'll be back to do it all again next week. Thanks for listening.